Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. A <laughs> couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey guys, welcome Hello. to You Watch I Listen. Episode what? 50... Under your butt. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, 57, I believe this 57. is. 57. We got some good stuff on tap today. Uh, <laughs> really excited. We're going to be chatting with Jack. How do you say his last name, Taylor? I just taught you. Uh, Pasobic. Yeah, Pasobic. We're going to be chatting with him from One America. Uh, so very excited with that. So why don't we start out and get our ad reads out of the way. Um, I guess I'll go first because I had some good sex recently. Oh, did you? Do you know why I had good sex? Why did you have good sex? I took some Blue Chew. Yeah, um, our newest sponsor, Blue Chew. Uh, it reminded me of the days when I was 18 and I I was like a jackrabbit and I could just get it up and bone. But um <laughs> Blue Chew can increase your performance and get the, get the extra confidence you need in bed. <laughs> so listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue, like the color of the sky. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And for me, I always feel like they're arising. Yes. <laughs> so it works really well for me. I'm assuming it's going to work well for any other guy out there. But this is not for just guys that just can't perform. I can perform, but sometimes I feel like I can't. It's for any guys that wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Yeah. Most guys talk a good game, but most are one and done as well. Blue Chew can even help your follow through for round two, so you, in case you bogey on the first hole. Uh, Blue Chew <laughs> is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, 
all, no more awkwardness. Nothing worse than going to the pharmacy and it's an 18-year-old girl that's giving you your boner pills yeah, when well, you're only 30. What are you going to do? <laughs> Win some, you lose some, dude. <laughs> they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we have a special deal for you watch, I listen listeners. Deal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free by using our special promo code YWIL. That's YWIL, like you watch, I listen. All you have to pay is $5 shipping and handling. That's an awesome deal. That's Again, deal. that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Y-W-I-L to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring You Watch, I Listen. The Chew is blue. The Chew is blue. The goddamn Chew is blue. blue. I dropped the screw in the tuna. <laughs> I dropped so, the screw. Fucking Keenan and Kel, dude. What are yeah. we doing? I don't know. I don't We're know. being adults. <laughs> Who loves orange soda, dude? Everyone. So I haven't had orange soda in years. <sighs> Thank God, man. It's not no, that great no, anymore. No, it's not. So we got grape soda. Uh, I actually, I actually like pineapple soda. No, dude, that's disgusting. I love pineapple in general, yeah. though. Yeah. It makes your cum taste weird. Mm, you try a blue chew. You can find out. <laughs> it's a hell of a cocktail. Yeah, pineapple juice and blue it's chew. It's a pineapple cum Pro- cocktail. <laughs> Promo code YWIL. So, Dan, yeah. I actually won some money yesterday. Ooh, what did you what did you win money doing? So motherfucker. It's been a while. One eight seven seven cards for kids. Let it ride. Walking on Dan shells. Uh the one day we don't have the cameras. Oh my god, it's amazing. All right, but he's anyway, so staring at me. Good, this is uncomfortable. He's staring right into your soul, bro. Dude, I don't like it. Hey Dan, hey Dan. Got, oh, sorry, record was skipping. <laughs> You're like the needle on the record. So yeah, you won some money last night. I won um, some money. What did on, you bet on? Uh, I bet on Tyson Fury, Ooh, which I which I feel like was the right way to go because like, certainly, let's, let's be real, certainly. But, but do you know who I bet with? Can I take a guess? Yes, you can. I think you bet with BetDSI. Now, yes, I absolutely did bet with BetDSI. But why did I choose BetDSI? Tell me why you bet with BetDSI. So, well, BetDSI has been paying winners for over 20 years. Wow, 20 BetDSI years. is one of the top rated on every betting review site. Using your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week, next week, and every week moving forward. BetDSI is, is a very user-friendly interface and mobile site. They've actually called. They've reached mobile. out. Mobile. When I set up my account, they yeah. called me within a half Fantastic. hour. Fantastic. Same thing happened for me. Questions. I literally was just setting up my account. And then someone called me to see if I had questions, which, you know, you really don't get customer service like that anywhere, Ever. let alone on a betting review site. And also, they have the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You're going to get paid Monday. Dude, you play, you win, and you get fucking paid. BetDSI offers betting options on everything. Bet on MLB, MLB, uh, MLB NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports. Politics. Wow. Reality TV, like Big Brother. Good for you, Kalush. Um, <laughs> Said no one ever. And then esports. So, you know, if there's uh, the Overwatch uh, professional Overwatch league going tournaments, on, you yeah. can actually the bet on that. tournaments. Virtually anything. Try live betting on BetDSI, where you can bet at the games from start to finish, every play and every minute until the very end. New members get a 100% bonus match when you use promo code YWIL, stands for You Watch, I Listen. That's more than double your money to start winning today. I play there myself, and I recommend. Bet DSI if you want to add some ex- uh, excitement to the sports you love and other sports you are watching. Once again, go to betdsi.com and use promo code YWIL and get this limited time 100% bonus offer and a $25 free.
free wedger to test the waters. So if you want to dip your toe in, see, see if the water's nice and see calm. See if you figure out a sport that you're good at betting on. Exactly. I'm terrible at betting football. I'm pretty good at betting baseball. Sure. That I figured out. So don't miss out and go make some extra cast this betting season. It's only a game until you bet at BetDSI. Beautiful. Again, promo code YWIL. Go Beautiful. do that shit. So how was your week, Taylor? <coughs> Running the mill. I had to go to court. That's uh, well, I, no, that's that's wrong. I had I had jury duty, and then they just excused me till June next year. Oh, is that awesome when that happens? Not really, because I have still have to go. Because you still have June of next year coming, unless you die before then. Well, hopefully, um, Josh. How was your week? Pretty solid. Much yep. better than last week. <laughs> well, I yeah. guess that's, that's a, anything is an upgrade from last week at yeah. that point. My week was fine, uneventful. I went to the movies by myself, saw Again. Godzilla. Uh, awesome movie. Yeah, you told me about Very it. Very exciting. Um, if you're going into a fucking Godzilla movie, um, outside of the one from 2014, which I liked, and some people complain that it was like this buildup and it took forever to get to Godzilla, I like that. It's grown on me it, after a while. I understand. I, I, I don't like, hate it. I like that because I when it reveals it, it's awesome. Yeah. This one is the polar opposite. It just goes straight all in from the beginning. You know who we had a better week then? Who do we have Mr. a better week then? Former Oscar winner, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> you know, he, he got arrested. My girlfriend just told me about this um, yesterday. Yeah, I saw the video of him. Uh, just it's, it's a really weird video, man, because he's at a bar, like in a lounge, and he's sitting with his girlfriend, and then some girl comes up, sits next to his girlfriend, and he reaches across his girlfriend and puts his hand on the thigh of this other girl, and then like slowly rides his hand up her thigh. So he's like deliberately going like across yeah, his girlfriend's lap? Yeah, but the girl was... I, it's hard to tell. Like She put her hand on top of his when it was on her thigh. Okay. Okay. And you can't tell if she's trying to make him move it or she's moving it up. And then he grabs her titties. And then some guy comes up and is like standing over Cuba Gooding, but he's not yelling at him. And then everyone in the bar leaves. I don't understand. But I tell you this, this one thing. If he's a, a sexual assaulter, snow dogs will never be the same for me. We're <laughs> <laughs> men of honor. Dude, she, she was talking to me about it. She goes, you know, it's kind of funny. He played OJ Simpson and he was like a womanizer. Uh, speaking of OJ, guess who's on Twitter? Oh, no, he's not. He, he made a Twitter account, and the first tweet he had was, what did he say on it? It's a video message. I'll play it for you Yeah, right Yeah, now. play the video. Yo, I looked that at it. That also goes into my last word. It's uh, been a great two weeks. Uh, I, Twitter, I, looked at, I looked at it, and uh, his Twitter account, and after literally uh, a day of being on there, he had 327,000 followers. How many is he up to now, Josh? Scroll up quick. 525. 500,000 500, followers. Murderer. All right. Hey, Twitter world. This is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there, so this one... At the real OJ32 is the only official one. Official. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. <laughs> take care. Taylor's face. I got to get. What is this one? Where they want to see it. Let's see. Hey, Twitter world. You know, for years, people have been able to say whatever they want to say about me. <laughs> with no accountability. But now I get to challenge a lot of that BS and set the record. <laughs> More importantly, I'll be able to talk about everything. Especially sports, fantasy football, and even politics. But for now, let me just say to my fellow fathers out there, happy Father's Day. And God bless. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is going to go great. Can, like, what is his one like? What's the one tweet he's yeah, like so far? <laughs> Let's see. Wow, oh. Mr. Simpson just got on Twitter last night, posted one tweet, and already had almost 50,000 Twitter followers. Early the next morning, isn't it? Uh, isn't even verified yet. To all the followers, take notice, M, whoever that is. Um, so, he's only following eight people. <laughs> he's following the Buffalo Bills, the NFL, USC, Tim Graham, uh, the Heisman, Heisman Trophy, Trophy has a Twitter Justin account. Justin Simpson. Uh, Malcolm, Laverne, and the PGA Tour. 
What? I think that's his lawyer. Yeah, that's his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. There's no way this is going to end well. Now, like, here's... I don't... Dude, Like, listen, imagine he confesses on I, Twitter. I really hate... Like, yeah, cut that bitch. I hate how charming he is. Yeah, it's and, great. And, and, He's got I'm this... Watching, I'm watching that documentary, like, the Made in America oh, documentary. You get it. Everything. You get it. Just, just that, right? Just that right there. I'm thinking to myself... That's that's a good dude. Yeah, like yeah, you know what like, I mean. Like take away the fact that what what he was accused of and what he definitely probably my, most likely did. One of my favorite things ever with OJ. This was like years after you know the court case and everything. He was on like some public access show mm-hmm. and people were calling in. It was right after Bill Walsh died too. Someone calls him up and goes, "Bill oh, Walsh, oh, like, oh, yeah, Forty yeah, ers coach." Right. And he goes, uh, "OJ, uh, you remember when you uh, you played for the Forty ers Yeah. Did you kill Bill Walsh? <laughs> and then the other one, the best question that he got was like, do you think it was more of an accomplishment to rush for 2,000 yards in one season or slice two necks in one night? Oh and OJ, God. every time he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> like, yes, you did. Even during that, you he's, did it. he's just slick, man. It's, no, he, it's crazy. He's, uh, that's why he was so good at movies because he was good at Yo, playing a persona. Legit. With the, Dude, the naked gun movies. The naked gun. The, he was oh great in the naked God. gun movies. All right, do you want to get into our reviews and picks <coughs> before sure. we talk to Jack? Yes. Um, Josh, who goes first? Taylor. Taylor. All right, so you gave me us. us. Jordan Peele's follow up, which I saw in the theater with Josh. I'm uh, I'm really upset that I watched it at night because I wasn't into the whole fucking. It's, you were scared. Yeah, it wasn't cool. <laughs> you were scared. I could Dude. see being home alone. And that I I do think the first hour of the movie is way creepier than the rest for sure because that one plays more like a horror movie mm-hmm. so I could see that being creepy because it's just people outside your house trying to fuck with you so go on with what so, you thought of the movie uh, um just let me just get this straight off the bat it really is an excellent movie yeah. it's a easy eight out of ten incredibly well made again um, this to me just cements that Jordan Peele is here to stay as a as a for sure director he is. He could take a horror film from a genre that I absolutely despise, that I just do not like yep. at all, and make me interested. Absolutely. Um, I wish I knew a little more of the backstory. I didn't. They didn't really quite understand that part of like the alters, I guess, or the doppelgangers. I guess it, you could well, say. Well, basically, the way they explained it is that like the government was. And Josh, correct me if I'm wrong here as well. Government was experimenting with creating like doppelgangers, like people that like in case something happened to you, they can put your personality into them. But every time it was coming out weird like that, yeah, where, right. so they put them into those underground tunnels and everything, mm-hmm. and they became the reflection of you underneath, more or less. Right. So you saw like when she went down into the tunnels, yeah. they were like kind of doing like they Same thought they thing were, they were doing. exactly, exactly yeah, with like her father. I sure. need a beer, I need a smoke, yeah, shit like that. Exactly. Um, it really is well done. Uh, Jordan Jordan Peele has this in- uncanny ability to break tension with. The, the silliest line. Oh, good vibrations playing. Oh my god! And, and dude, first off, Tim from Tim and Eric is in it as Elizabeth Moss's husband. I see Tim Heidecker. I just start laughing. I I, I saw him too, and I was like, Oh, oh god, my. he's. And obviously, they made him an asshole. And uh, the the star of the movie, Lapita Nyong'o, was uh, the the voice that she, she does. That that We're part, Americans. Well, like it's like <laughs> it's, it's almost like she can't talk. Like she's like breathing yeah. in how she's talking. It's the weirdest thing, but she. Ha- I was watching the um, the extras because mm-hmm. I you couldn't rent it. I just bought it. Yeah. I'm actually kind of happy I bought it. Yeah. So I'm watching the extras, and she said, um, J- uh, "Jordan said to act like you're uh, for the Reds. Her name, her character yeah, name Red. is Red. Act like you're a cockroach, which is like you scurry, and yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. stop and go real quick." And just the movement, the uh, the eyes, just the way that she carried herself, even as the the even as like the regular woman, which sure. might not have been 
whatever, whatever yeah exactly is. you know what I mean so that was a cool ending it was really cool so one of the things that I actually said I leaned over to Josh when we saw it like when everything was going down I'm like oh this is kind of a zombie movie kind it of. was it, it kind of was in a lot of ways Um, I need to send you the thing that I wrote that was showing you all the, the parallels that were like social commentary yeah. and again it was commentating on a lot of different things but the big thing was they, they kept mentioning the million man march mm-hmm. um, where they were fighting world hunger and how people they act like they care about one thing to prop themselves up and feel good like yeah. look I don't Donated and I did this and you yeah. didn't and then the next day because they think that they everyone knows they did it and they showed this mm-hmm. they go back to forgetting about it and they were the forgotten ones yeah. more or less so uh, here's the other thing I don't know why it made me laugh or why I just it was such a, a little thing of attention to detail like it, the movie starts out and there's a there's a commercial for Hands Across America in 1986 yeah. mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And then you don't even think about it. It's just a commercial on TV because it, it was happening at the yeah, time. Yeah, of course. That's what I was talking. That's what I meant. Not the Million Man March. And then, uh, across and then, America. And then part of it, like the, one of the main things, was that the altars just stand there and they're all holding hands. Yeah, because that was the the Hand- stuff that she had brought down yeah. there that they so saw. That's what they knew. Yeah. And then at the end, and you see the helicopter, and you see all the people holding you know, hands the, across the hills. The, the scissors were symbolic because it was showing them. Um, severing their connection with the people above. Mm-hmm. So the scissors being their weapon was symbolic specifically. And Jordan Peele, he said, he said uh, the two big things he goes, he draws a lot of, um, he draws a lot of inspiration from his favorite horror films. So yes. He's, uh, where, where was it located in California? San what? Yeah, San, San, uh, San no. it was Montecito. Montecito. Monticello? No, it was San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Right, he's uh, yeah. he said just the setting itself is an ode to the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. He he said that the gloves all the altars were wearing was an ode to Freddy Freddy Krueger. Oh, uh, it was he also that the- was also an ode because she got the Michael Jackson shirt in the yep. beginning, uh-huh. and the reason they were wearing red is because that's what he was wearing on the Thriller shirt. Yep. So I got to send you the thing that I wrote that tells you yeah. everything there. So you give it an eight out of ten. Definitely eight really out of 10. enjoyed it's it. It's a really good movie. That one I might watch one more time. Yeah, I sure. liked it more on a second watch. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, I liked it more on a second watch in the first. Um, okay, so the album you gave me, I actually didn't grade this in. Individually, because I don't think it was fair. You gave me Newfound Glories, Kill It Live, live album, um, and you gave me this band knowing full well that I've shit talked them. Not a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't think it was fair to grade the songs individually because it doesn't play as an album. It's uh, an experience. And I read into the venue they played it at. Chain uh, reaction. Yeah, small venue. Very and small. Um, it holds like it's like smaller than Starland. It's, it's probably yeah. half of what Starland holds. Eight eight hundred people maybe, and that's if yeah. you're jamming in. And um, so I went into this again with this being a band that I've never really liked. I I've always said with Newfound Glory, if they had a different singer, I'd like them more because musically they're great. And I really actually like this album a lot. Cool. Um, I probably listened to it five or six times. Um, I, I found that I liked it most when I was like driving. Because the energy of this album specifically, I feel like their music, and maybe that's part of the problem with when I hear like one of their regular albums, it translates so much better to live. And his voice also isn't as bad, or I can't, I don't want to say bad. I I know what you're saying. His voice uh, is easier for me listening to it live because it's, it sounds more real. It doesn't sound like it's studioized and it's not as high pitch. Just something about it works better on a live record versus the, 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 um, record, original recording. Yeah. And, Every song on here, I'll give a solid four. There was nothing I skipped, nothing I disliked. Songs that I I would when I used to hear them, like on on MTV and yeah, Fuse, right, right, right. that I didn't like, like My Friends Over You, and uh, what was the uh, the other singles on here? Uh, all all youth, downhill, from, all here. downhill from, here. from here. I didn't like those, and I liked them on here because I always liked the music on them. But feel, you can feel the energy of the crowd and the translation of the record. Uh, musically, it's great. Lyrically, they're ve- they always been very good. And again, his vocals weren't doing the same kind of like making me cringe like it does when I listen to the. Rec- 
recordings. So live-wise, I would go see these guys. Dude, Legitimately, I, this I could see why you and a lot of our friends go see them so often because the, the, there's even a part in the record when he says there, we started doing music for moments like this, to play shows. It uh, doesn't matter how many times we play. You can tell they enjoy it. They enjoy the fan experience, the fan energy, everything. I'll give this album a four out of five. Sick. Well, the other thing, too, because I actually just saw him the, yeah, saw just him the last night before week, I last came week, to you. Yeah. And the thing is with Newfound Glory, they're, they're high-octane energy always. And yeah. The fact that they still, like, and it, that's why I wanted to give it to you because you could honestly, like you said, you could feel it. Yeah, and I, I went into this, like, almost pessimistic, and I try to be, I'm trying to be more open-minded in music, and I was glad I was with this because... I truly did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, so solid four fun. out of five for you. So much fucking All right. fun. I'm going to give you a movie now. Okay. Okay, so I'm giving you this movie in defense of you, actually. Are so, you? So yesterday, um, we were out for Spooner's birthday. I'm sorry. And uh, I was talking to Kenyatta, an avid listener, friend of ours that oh. you know. Thanks and for the invite, Matt. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. It, and dude, thanks, Ralph. <laughs> fuck him too. Seriously, <laughs> he told you were invited by by both me and Ralph. It's yeah, so, let me know, dude. And I, what I, the fuck? I told you when we were at the concert, <laughs> and then Ralph told you last week. He's like, I forgot. Hundred percent forgot. Um, so no, I worked out. So I, I had a family. I was talking yesterday. to Kenyatta about you because we were talking. We were talking about things on the show. Yeah, yeah right. fuck Ralph. And I go, I tell him that you haven't seen this one specific movie, and he said, Well, he's not a man. And I said, I have to defend. I, I have to defend my friend Taylor here because he challenged your manhood. So it's me sticking up for you. So you have to finally watch Die. Hard. Okay. Um, I knew exactly. I, I know. That. Yeah, it's like because that's probably what most people say to you when you yeah, tell uh, you they're like, "You haven't seen Die Hard." It was like when I uh, when I watched Crashing and Pete Holmes was talking to someone and he goes, "It's like, it's like it's you like, tell oh, someone you haven't seen The Wire." Yeah, it's like there's no there's no easy way to tell someone. Yeah, like there's no easy the way wire. to tell someone you haven't seen Die Hard. Yeah. And when you watch Die Hard, you're gonna see so many things in it. You're like, I've seen something like that in this movie, and then uh, even in this movie, and they all took it from Die Hard. You <laughs> like, know what I might do? I might just I might just buy the box. Yo, dude, set. the first three you can't go wrong with, especially the one with Samuel Jackson. Jackson, which might be my favorite, and see, even the one with Tim Oliphant's great. See, the fifth one's up? bad. The, the, which one that I did see one with Bob? Is was Justin Long was in it? That's the good one with Tim Oliphant. That one's not bad. I did see yeah, that, like that's one, pretty but I really had no context of. Who, yeah, you didn't you understand I mean? like why John McClane was like a big deal. Yeah, I know. Um, so the first one is, was the game changer, and I also need you to tell me if it is a Christmas movie or not. Uh, important. Important subject. Serious? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So Die Wait, Hard. Hold on. Is that the one where he's standing in the middle of Harlem with the sign? No, that's, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's Die Hard one. with Vengeance, and that one's great too. <laughs> okay. the, the, the sign. Because there was one day he was telling me, he's like, "You got to watch this," and he sends me that picture, and I go, "That can't be the only reason I have to watch this movie." <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I'll tell you, Jared is the one that made me watch it the first. Time. He's like, he's like, within five minutes, you're gonna want to watch the rest of this movie, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. All right. It's got Je uh, Jeremy Irons in the third one too. Jeremy Irons rules, yeah. dude. He's All right, so good. give me your pick. You can't watch a third one without seeing the first one though those are the only two that are like truly no, that, well, connected well yeah. you, you were telling it's like canon almost yeah those two are yeah that's fine all right I'm give, down me, for give it. me your album okay so um i actually want to give you a choice so you either can pick and i'm just going to give you the the first letter of the band name pro-life oh <laughs> first, letter, a choice, uh, sorry. first letter of each band name and you have to pick the first now, letter of each uh, x no 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 i'm going to tell you okay so the, the one, first band starts with the letter b and this is just where this is just how it works out. Okay. The second band starts with the letter J. <laughs> B. B. All right, you're getting Bayside's Killing Time. Oh fuck yeah! The truth is, I've definitely heard this album, but I haven't listened to it. And what year did that album come out? Uh, I can't Jeez. remember. To be honest with you, the other one, I'm just gonna give you the next, the other one next week. Okay, then save it, save it. But no, for this one, Bayside's Killing Time. I want to say it came out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it came out 2011, so about okay. eight, eight years. Uh, oh. 
<laughs> yeah, you were. Um, yeah, no. But, listen, I am a Bayside fan. They're one of the most, uh, as far as consistent bands that put, keep putting out music. Uh, my top three are New Found Glory, Taking Back Sunday, and Bayside. When it comes as to far- um, consistency lyrically, I think yeah. Bayside might be the best one. Like they're yeah. lyr- lyrically, one of my favorite albums of all time is their acoustic record. Their acoustic the acoustic record amazing. is incredible. Um, um, they, I mean, their version of Megan. Megan is great. Um, don't call me Pina. Winter. We also yeah we know what we feel. Yeah, about devotion and desire. The acoustic is great. I, um, I loved uh, one of well, best, Sirens what, and condolences is just an all time classic. The, I'm, I, I found Bayside off when they were still running like infomercials for new albums. Yeah, the right. first time I ever heard uh, Lincoln Park was when they were hyping up. The, no, the first first time I saw a Bayside infomercial was I hate myself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Than I, can. I was yeah, like, yeah. this sounds really gay and emo. I like it. <laughs> so I I went and uh, downloaded oh, God, the album illegally. No. And uh, so yeah, Bayside Killing Time, See, man. Killing Time is a great record. It's more of a rock record than their other stuff. Their older stuff is more punk. Their rock. most recent record was awesome. It was really good. Awesome. Uh, I think it was Vacancy. Yeah. I compared it to, uh, what's his name? Anthony Ranieri called it uh, Punk Rock Show Tunes. Yeah, that's kind of what it was like. I and was usually about. I'm not into that. And I was like, I like the lyrics and the yeah. sound is a little different on each but song. Bayside has been so consistent for so long. I First time I saw him was on accident. I went I went to go see Valencia and the, this other band, Boys Like Girls. The infomercial came on at the concert. Bayside, <laughs> like the IHOP logo. Bayside was the headliner. And they're like, I'm like, oh, Valencia's done. And they're like, no, stay for this. And they came out and they opened with the song Masterpiece. And from the second that song hit, I've been immediately hooked. And Killing Time, I used to shit on it until I really just listened to it. It's front to back their best album. Cool. In my I'm excited to I'm listen to it. it. Uh, okay. I got something for you guys. Yes. Okay. So I want to throw a little bit of a stretch assignment in this week for okay. the watch and listen. We have all to three, stretch? All three watch of us. Yeah, we're going to stretch. Yeah. It's going to be tough for me and Taylor, but yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, Mostly for you. <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so all three of us are going to have to do this. Okay. Uh, so next week is going to be the 35th anniversary of a very, very big moment. Saturday Night Fever. In entertainment. Sorry, Staying Alive, the sequel. All three of us are going to watch and listen and then discuss Purple Rain. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like I'm not going to say no. If anyone tells me, hey... If you don't watch Purple Rain, I'm gonna kill you. We <laughs> say, okay, like you don't need to threaten I'll, me. I, I want to watch Purple Rain. Do we have to watch it or listen to the album Both. as well? Both. Both. Okay, I'm in. Don't you gotta fuck with me on that? I'm in. You don't fuck with me either. I'm in. I'll talk about Computer Blue for an hour. <laughs> I'm in. All right, we gotta call Jack. Um, let's see if he picks up on first try. Um, and we'll chat with him. Can you pull up his wiki, Josh? Jack Posobic. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, he gave me. On the air. This is great. So, how's everyone doing? I know. It's like quiet and silent and just <laughs> dead air. Yeah. Hey, Dan. It's Jack. Hey, Jack. It's Dan, Taylor, and Josh. Uh, we're recording right now. Uh, thank you for taking our time, and uh, happy Father's Day to you as well. Happy Father's Day. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate you uh, doing the show today, and happy Father's Day to... You guys and to anybody else there uh, out in the listening audience who has dads, you know, they say anybody can have kids, but it takes a special man to be a father. Amen. And uh, we obviously see that with, uh, you know, the amount of deadbeat dads out there and single mothers, unfortunately. Um, I don't have any kids myself. I just have cats and they they take up a lot of my time, unfortunately. (laughs) 
you'll get there, man. You'll get there. Oh, oh yeah. Happen. I mean, it's it's down the road. You know, not like too far down the road. I'm 30, so time is not necessarily on my side. But, no, uh, no you know, side. I definitely want kids. Uh, I, you know, I had an awesome father. Uh, my father passed away in 2012. So I take today, you know, his birthday is this week also, which I almost forgot about. And I try to, you know, first couple years it was depressing. And now it's like, you know what? I'm happy about the awesome times I had rather than dwelling on him being gone. So what it comes down to, you know, they say at the, uh, I, I posted on Twitter earlier today, I just wrote, you know, at the end of your days on this, in this world, you know, you're not going to sit there and wonder about how many hours did I spend at work or how much money is in my bank account, right? You yeah. got to remember your family. You got to remember your family, so it matters. You're going to remember the, the your friends, your family, the people that uh, help build you into the person you are, 100%. And a day like Father's Day is a great time to reflect on the men that had the biggest influences in our lives, for sure. 100%. So, uh, let's chat a little bit, man. Um, so, I told you earlier, I ordered your book this week, which is uh, 4D Warfare, A Doctrine for a New Generation of Politics. And uh, I was very interested in the, the just reading the, um, the description of it, using like military concepts into social media for, um, you know, breaking down situations, discussions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and where you came up with the concept for it? Fantastic. So the book really kind of moves out of my background, both as somebody who's a fairly active Twitter user, but also someone who's, uh, uh, for the benefit of folks that know my background, I served in the U.S. military. I was an intelligence officer, uh, specifically an information warfare qualified officer uh, for the U.S. Navy, uh, a lot of deployments around the world, uh, speak fluent Mandarin, did a year down at Guantanamo Bay working in the human intelligence uh, detainee interrogation operations. So spent a lot of time learning about uh, information warfare. And one of the big things that they push, especially in modern combat, right, modern warfare, to use the Call of Duty reference, yeah. <laughs> um, is... is uh, 4G warfare, right? Fourth generation warfare or hybrid warfare is another term we're calling it. But really, this plays out every single day across social media. And these tactics that we've learned through manuals in the military or there's a fantastic handbook written by uh, William S. Lind called the Fourth Generation Warfare Handbook. So I thought, why not take that and do a version of that handbook as sort of a manual for social media and how to take those tactics and take those ideas and turn it into social media. And, and, you know, my domain is usually politics, but this could be done across domains. This could be done through for, uh, you know, any cause, any business, or any organization Absolutely. that you're working with. Uh, it doesn't matter left or right because it's a book about tactics, right? So it doesn't matter what your sure, politics are, sure. left, right? green purple whatever it can be used i mean i see this used in uh in sports even you see that the, the way that uh front offices leak out information to the media to drive up a player's contract or drive down their value and they use it all the time so the concept of what you you wrote is very interesting and that's actually one of the reasons it piqued my interest is i just finished uh reading michael malice's most recent book the new right and he talks about specifically how the social media has been used uh to combat what you know is now known Known as fake news and using it to break down people that are trying to drag down people with misinformation and uh you know loose information we'll say as well yeah, i'm reading that book right now yeah and yeah, uh, actually, it's funny is i'm actually reading malice's book right now i have him on I, my show tomorrow oh that's and, fantastic uh, I am too, yeah. yeah there's a lot of crossover though i do point out my book came out first see that, that that's on me but i'm gonna read it now in on the same thing is that there's this idea of the corporate press, right? And again, regardless of politics, corporate press is pushing narratives on Absolutely. a daily basis, yeah. right? And they have been for 
generations. For sure. But now because of social media, you have what's called the democratization of information. This has never happened before, a time when there's been no gatekeepers to information. And so does this create problems of misinformation? Yes, it does, absolutely. But the corollary is it also creates the ability to have better information faster. What do I mean by that, right? Um, you can go to somebody, let's say there's, you know, there's a live event happening, uh, you know, car accident or something, right? Well, you can go to people and, you know, I'll say car accident because that takes politics out of it. Um, you can see a car accident and you can hear on the news, all right, the driver was, you know, something like this, something like that. Well, you could have someone who's on the scene within five minutes absolutely, or even someone who, you know, possibly was FaceTiming live with, uh, you know, say, uh, someone in a car nearby and they turn and caught the whole thing on video, right? Yeah. Now that video can get uploaded to your social media of choice and that can go viral around the world, probably not viral around the world in that instance, but it can go viral locally and get more information faster than any way we've seen before. So there is definitely an aspect, kind of a 1984 aspect. For sure, for sure. Guess what, guys? We're all surveilling each other constantly now. Yeah, I mean, it's the stuff we see now. I mean, I I got someone gave us an Amazon Echo for Christmas, and I kept it plugged in for a month, and I was like, I don't like this thing. And I put CIA agent. Yeah, I know. I I I literally, it's like in a drawer, unplugged, and even then, I think I need to just smash it with a hammer. It's one of those things where it's like, (laughs) yeah, you don't you don't know if we be drawing power for the magnetic fields or electric fields. It just goes into like that weird thing where like I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about like a beard straightener and a beard trimmer and then literally 30 minutes later an ad popped up on, yeah. my, on my Instagram feed I typed nothing in so and I had nothing about it popping. I call yeah. that ad popping yeah, yeah. I mean that's and- something I, I ran a, a kind of experiment with that once actually recently where I was just going to go around my devices and I was going to talk about a subject that I never purchased I've never searched for I've never googled it I, I've, I've done this as well yeah Same. you know and it was um, it was well I'll say it now because it already happened but I don't own a cat, so I never look up cat food. I, I did the same, dude, Jack, I did the same thing with dog food. Like a year ago, I did this to prove it. And did it work? Yeah, it worked. I had uh, dog food popping up on my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Within, within a couple of days. Well, one of the things that you just were talking about with the whole social media things and things being able to spread quickly, the first example I remember where I realized, you know, as negative as social media could be, it can also harbor good information as well. And the, the time I remember, like, getting information quickly and seeing what was happening was the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. And I, that was, like, one of the first examples I remember, like, you know, someone just tweeted out, oh, my God, a bomb just went off. And then information was coming out and out and out and out. And you got to see if people were safe. And then you saw some really grisly images and videos. And then, unfortunately, the other side of that is that there, I do think there is a problem with people that need to... It's confirmation bias. That they instantly that wanna, want... They want to be involved. Yeah, well, they want to be involved. involved but, and the, the big thing is I see confirmation bias where it's they're looking for something that's going to support the narrative that they feel already. And sometimes they jump the gun. And obviously, you working in politics, you've probably had that happen to you where you reported on something that was later debunked. And it, it happens because in a lot of cases in the, the media game and the politics, political news game is maybe not be the the best reporting but you have to be first or you're at the bottom in a lot of cases well yeah there's definitely been times where and that's why honestly in in the past year or so i've just gotten away from that because there's too much right it's almost too much information and you gotta you gotta play it safe so you could be listening um you know to the police scanner right and so one thing that people used to do, and some people still do this, is when one of these events goes on like that, Las Vegas shooting was sure. another example, um, 
True, yeah. Maybe more current, where the police scanner's getting all these reports in, mm-hmm. right? But they're all unconfirmed. And so, yes, you can say, okay, I heard this on the police scanner, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's confirmed if the police scanner is reporting something that someone on the ground is confirming. And if anyone's ever worked in intelligence or information, or if you've ever just, uh, you know, gone around and talked to people at a party after the party said, who all was at the party, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's this, it's, it's this eyewitness bias that, that does creep in and people realize that eyewitness reporting is actually not as sacrosanct as we would like well, to think it is. I, well, I was going to say there was something similar to that. I remember when they were doing the, uh, during the whole like the Dallas riots, and there was that picture sure. of that guy that went viral who had the, the who had the the automatic weapon yeah, strapped to yeah. his back, and everyone immediately took it as that was the guy that started shooting. Sure, but he wasn't the yeah. guy at all. And it, it's and but the problem is what happens with that is you'll see that picture saying it's him have thirty thousand retweets, and then the report that it wasn't him only has like a thousand. thousand. Right, exactly. Because it, it's for the especially in situations like pro gun, anti gun, they they don't want to report like oh we were actually wrong on this because it, it looks as it's being negative towards the narrative that they believe. Yeah, you never want to pull a story like that. Yeah, and I mean, there. you know, we're looking at your your Wikipedia page right now, and, you know, I'm sure you, you have issues with yeah, some so, of this. So what they do with Wikipedia, which See? is, yeah. um, you know, the, the fact that Wikipedia has taken millions of dollars from George Soros is yes. the the people on Wikipedia, it's a total scam, right? They they do ransom pages. That's why I always direct people to, people yeah. to my Everpedia page. So they'll write smears about you if you're on the right politically, stuff that they know is bunk or stuff that they source back to people that are your political enemies. But then they hold your page in ransom because they want to get paid off by these of websites course. like Reputation Defender uh, and the other like online, you know, help, you know, help protect my reputation.com. Yeah. Is they're getting paid off by these guys. Yeah, I so mean- I've gone in and tried to actually correct this and they say, oh, no, we've got to pay off the verified editors. And in some cases, they're asking for thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a complete joke, right? But people, and I think people are kind of waking up to this idea that, like, if you look at my Wikipedia page, you can't even tell that I served in the military. No, like, no, they, they make it look like you just, like, showed up one day and you were, like, cleaning toilets. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, then, it's, obviously... It's crazy. It's, it's so a, completely distorted. And they do it. It's a ransom scam. It's extortion, basically. You're, you're, like, your page, we're looking at it right now, and that's what I wanted to talk about specifically was the the issues with Wikipedia. And the only time Wikipedia is good is looking up a, a player's sports career. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so it has your education and career. It's three paragraphs. And the next one says political activity. Activities, and then it's conspiracy theories, falsehoods, unsubstantiated claims, race relations, and it's all things that you probably, you know, you talked about because they were being talked about, and then it that becomes the narrative to th- this controlled media about you, and anything else you say is not true because of this, and this is the, when people hear your name, the first they're going to do is go to Wikipedia, and they're like, oh, he, he does this, he was in Pizzagate, and uh, it says you were bashing Rogue One, and, and things like that, and is I that- bashing Rogue One, that's true, that, that- that one I will cop to. That one is true. Sure, it, I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure some of these. I mean, you you were involved with Pizzagate. There, I'm sure there's some level of truth I to did these talk things. Talk about it. That's sure, right. Sure, absolutely. Everybody, guess what? So did everyone. Everyone yeah, exactly. Everyone did. It was a major news story. Some people went. You were in the Alex Jones trenches. That's for no, sure. No. But you were. You know, you had to talk about it. You'd be you'd be called out if you didn't talk about it. And the the problem is once that narrative see, takes hold. Part of a lot of this is, and to t- kind of take it back full full spectrum here is people who don't understand internet culture who don't understand meme culture who don't understand that you know having a conversation about something or you know debating something or interacting with a trending hashtag which is what was trending at the time 
doesn't mean that you're supporting it or promoting it, right? Yeah. It means that you're interacting with a conversation that's ongoing. So there would be instances where things would be ongoing and you would interact with them publicly because that's what everybody was talking about. And no one will take you, to, you know, no one will actually look at what I said, and it, which is crazy because at the time I actually said to Washington Post, I compared it to Iraq WMDs. Yeah. And, and but nobody wants to talk about that. They'll just say, "Oh, you promoted it. You talked about it." I said, "No, but I compared it to a rack up WMDs. It's a hoax." Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I also think it's it's a matter of fact. It's just people just wanting to fight you for the sake of fighting you, and it's also looking at like you're just doing your job, and in, like in retrospect. And once you fall into a certain bubble in today's you know climate of things, especially with you know people on the incredibly deranged left, you nothing you say will ever have validity to them. So they, it's a matter. It's not a matter of what you say. It's a matter of they think you shouldn't be allowed to say it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's probably a bigger issue of our times and probably the biggest issue right now currently is this idea that people should be silenced for their opinion and I, that I, people I, should be that's kicked off of social media for having dis- dissenting opinions. So yeah. There was a new publication that came out, our, our new sta- I guess standard that came out on Facebook that said, you're only allowed to talk about Alex Jones if you're denouncing Alex Jones. And I refuse to do that. He, I find him, in, I, I disagree with about 80% of what he says, but he's highly entertaining. And there's been a lot of things he said that have been proven to be true. And I, I don't discount things that are true just because I may not agree with other things they say. That's ridiculous yeah. to me. Right, right. And so they want to get you in the trap of, of debating whether or not Alex Jones is a good person or not. But let's think about the standard that they're setting, right? They're now determining what your opinion is allowed to be. So let's, you know, change that up for a second. Let's say you're only allowed to talk about Donald Trump if you're denouncing him, and if not, you're on Facebook. That, that, let's yeah. Say you're not allowed to talk about uh, Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Let's say there's a right-wing Facebook that says you're only allowed to denounce Joe Biden. I don't think that's right. No, it's, I don't think it's that's not. the kind of country I want to live in. No, I mean, it, the truth of the matter is, my vote, no matter how I feel, matters the same as the vote of a neo-Nazi, a racist, uh, a, a priest. It doesn't matter. My Sexual vote, every, every vote matters. Well, they're going to be in prison. Well, yeah, right. well, <laughs> every, area, every, yeah. every vote matters the same. So it, what is the problem with discourse? Discourse is the best way to come to a middle ground. And the fact that people can just denounce someone entirely as a person. Like, I can have a conversation with, with you, and we could disagree politically entirely and we could still have 90 other things in common and get along and because that we disagree on who we voted for i'm supposed to denounce you and i think that's horseshit yeah i agree pardon my french <laughs> no, it's yeah no, no no i mean that that's what they're trying to do and it's having a chilling effect on america and for really sure. the world right now uh, particularly in in western societies where these gigantic, unelected, undemocratic corporations, uh, you know, headquartered in Silicon Valley, oh, are yeah. making these decisions on who is allowed to participate in discourse and who's not allowed to participate in discourse. And when they've made their decisions, it's always behind closed doors. For sure. And they never really present their uh calculus or their thinking or or their standards it, it seems that it's completely arbitrary and whether or not you're popular among silicon valley really determines whether or not you're allowed to participate in discourse and going forward and i think that's the biggest issue is that everybody sort of understands that going forward pretty much all of our discourse is going to happen on social media that's where yeah, everyone is for sure like 
95% of people under 50 get their news on social media, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons I, I like Twitter so much is because in a lot of cases, it's the fast... It may not always be the most accurate news, but it is the fastest way to get it. Like, if I'm not home and I want to keep up with my terrible baseball team and see what they're doing in the game, I just refresh my Twitter and there's 10 beat writers reporting on it. Yep. So why wouldn't I want to be on the where area where I can get the most news the fastest way possible? But if you don't have if you don't take the lenses or put on the the glasses like and they live and see what's actually being said, you're so susceptible to believing anything that's thrown at you by these major corporations that have agendas that say they don't. Yeah, and I think probably one of the biggest things that we're seeing that I'm personally seeing as well is there's a deinstitutionalization going on where people have a tendency nowadays to believe institutions less because institutions have less credibility. And yes. That, that cuts across, you know, uh, government, business, corporation, etc. Universities. Universities. Universities, academia, campuses. But individuals are gaining more credibility Absolutely. because people will say, you know what, I, I, I like this guy. And maybe he doesn't always get it right. But I like him, and at least he shows me where he's coming from. And if he gets something wrong, or if he says something and people take it out of context, he'll have the credibility and the integrity, personal integrity, to actually come forward and explain where he was coming from faster and on a more human level. Because that's what's really interesting, right? We live in a world of technology, and we're trying. What are we trying to do? We're trying to connect with humanity more now because it's almost like there's too much technology. Absolutely. Well, I think I, I've said for a while, and I'm a very avid social media user, but I also think that things may be much better off if it was just like a reset button because yeah. I think it's just, it's for so many people that don't necessarily have their emotions in check the right way. And that may go into hand with, you know, us having a major mental health issue in this country, but they're getting so much information and so many different levels of emotions from things that make them laugh, that make them angry, that make them sad and it's all being processed with a simple scroll. Like you're sitting on the toilet scrolling through Twitter and you're you're just going through every yeah. different emotion and then they don't know how to process the things that are important versus the things that aren't. The things that have effects on their lives and the things that don't actually don't actually have effect. Yeah, studies have actually come out. They've, they've conducted studies on this and the way the dopamine interacts with your mind from social media, it's very similar to your mind on cocaine. Yeah, no, right? it's it's crazy. So it's like a Black Mirror like, episode. You know, this is your mind on social media. This is your mind on drugs. That's actually bearing out. Yeah, I, I see that entirely. And, you know, we're talking about these major tech companies, and the big one that's been in the news this week was YouTube, um, Adpocalypse. Um, they demonetized Steven Crowder. Um, I'm sure they did it to some others, but that was the one that I first saw on Twitter. And I know they've done it to other people. Obviously, everyone came at it once uh, on InfoWars and uh, Alex Jones. Like, that wasn't, didn't, they, they do it all at the same time, and we're supposed to believe when it's not coordinated. Um, so, are you affected by this? Are you going to be affected by it? And where do you see this? It's all really going and uh, the end game of it, really. So, you know what's crazy is I, I actually never, when I first started using social media heavily uh, and publicly, it's probably 2017, and I specifically said, I'm not going to waste my time building a YouTube page because I know eventually they're just going to you, you saw the right You saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, there's going to be some reason that they're going to come with and they're going to ban me. And I, and I make a lot of decisions based on that. I'll, I'll think three and four steps ahead and say, you know what, if I go and put all my time into something and then I just lose it, right, it's taken away from me, then what's the point of doing it in the first place? That's why I never really built up a YouTube platform. Sure. You know, but I do, the so I do work for the cable news company 
um, One American News. And we have uh, about uh, 350,000 subscribers on YouTube. We are still monetized, at least as of, as of uh, you know, this phone call. And I have been looking for it. I've, I've been continuing to look for it. And something interesting that came out that was going on with YouTube uh, later in the week was, so So Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, just released this new documentary regarding uh, Pinterest, the website Pinterest, right? You know that? Yes. You know, a lot of yeah. arts and crafts. They were in the know, news recently, stuff, yes. DIY stuff. And saying that, that like, pro-life groups and Bible verses were being censored on there. Yeah. You know, it's a Bible verse, right? Like, cares right it's not, yeah it's a bible you know, it's verse Christian, but whatever you know that's that's your that's your bible verse sure um didn't didn't think that would ever be something that was censored well they were censoring those and then what was happening was youtube was deleting videos about their documentary so if you uploaded a video about pinterest it happened to crowder it happened to project veritas it happened to um Tim Pool, who's actually yep. a left-wing journalist. I know, yeah, incredibly. He was on the, the, the Rogan podcast with Twitter. Yeah. So I did one with the whistleblower. I did an interview with him on Friday, and then we uploaded the video on YouTube. And as of now, it's still up. For but now. It's just, it's fan- fantastic idea to me that you know, clearly there's some nerd sitting there saying, oh, this video is no good, delete. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't blame this on algorithms. You can't blame this no, on the robots. No, there's guys. no way it could be blamed on algorithms. And I mean, the other thing is they're deleting anything. Uh, they're deleting a lot of Holocaust, different things, and that things that are used in like educational purposes in right. a lot of cases. Right. So if you do an educational video about World War II to educate people, look and look, I'm Polish, so obviously yeah. I want people to that. be educated about you know the evils of of Nazism and fascism and 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 the true horror of the Holocaust. But if you do a video about that and then then it gets deleted because you say, oh, we can't talk about the Holocaust, well, that's a pretty big problem. I mean, the erasing of history is always dangerous because that's how you're most likely to repeat it. And the fact that people can't decipher that discussion doesn't need to lead to disgust. And it's it, there's no in between with people. There's no gray area. It's white and it's black. It has to be this way. It can't be that way. And that to me is like the biggest mistake you can make. And it, if people can't realize by now that companies like YouTube, like Facebook, like Twitter do have a certain agenda because of the people that are running them, it, it's insane. We we were a couple of weeks ago. We talked about when uh, the CEO of Twitter, Jack, was on with Joe Rogan and Tim Pool was on there. And I I respected Jack for going out there because Mark Zuckerberg would never put himself out there because he he's also like an alien and doesn't know how to talk to people and uh but you could hear that they were like not understanding the issues with their uh their trajectory and where they were going and that's that's half the problem that they don't see the step that they the first step they take is leading down a certain road that is far more dangerous yeah i I always listen to jack dorsey in these interviews Mm -hmm. and and i do have a lot of respect for the fact that he puts himself out there absolutely does that more than any other ceo and i have a lot of respect for that for sure but I hear him talk sometimes, and I wonder if he's actually the one who's in charge of his company. Yeah, I, I that's. Uh, I wonder if he's actually the the guy who's just. You know, does, does he spend time talking to Twitter users? And now he's, he actually has brought in uh, some Twitter users. Brought in a friend of mine, Ali Alexander, to kind of talk about these issues because you, you really have to learn about this from the perspective of a user to understand these issues. And when I hear people talk, uh, um, so he's got VJ. 
um, who's their you know uh, trust and safety director? Yeah, and she's talking about the health of conversations. Like, what does that even mean? A and healthy it, conversation versus an unhealthy one, and who are you to, to decide what kind of conversations I should be having? These are very scary topics. Absolutely, and anyone who's been any student of history, whether it's fascism, communism, any of the totalitarian isms out there, this is how it all gets started. Right? Absolutely, so people start talking about. Uh, what movements should we allow and what should we not allow and trying to tweak society. And that's really what's going on. If in a democracy, people are supposed to be allowed to decide what they want to talk about, what movement they want to do. And the second you start telling people that they can't follow a certain thing, they, I mean, it's one thing if you're just outright being nasty and just dropping N words and things like that, that's different. Obviously that's a completely different conversation. But when it comes to things like just discussion and conversation, who is anyone to decide the health and going back to Jack making the decisions, Right? That's I'm the one to determine that because that's why I have a block button. That's why I have a absolutely button. like that's the, the purpose of those because I can curate the kind of experience that I want well, it's on a, social media myself. It's like that. Let me ask you: Do you watch uh, the real any of the Real Housewives shows, Jack? No. Uh, no, I'm so committed. I'm telling you every Thursday. <laughs> well, the, the re- of course, of course you don't. And instead of instead of trying to get them shut down, you don't watch them. If I don't oh, like exactly. what some, really if I don't like someone, I don't follow them. You know, go real Real Housewives of Guantanamo Bay, right? Go ahead. <laughs> that that's one I'd be interested in. I would watch that. Yeah. No, I probably would actually watch that. One. <laughs> that that one could be but, really no, interesting. I, I think you hit you both hit on something very very. It's easy because a lot of people like to just steer into what pisses them off, and I that is one thing that could help like you know cope with it or figure out what's pissing you off about it get to the root of it and maybe figure it out but you both hit on it so it's so easy just to flip turn the channel off turn the tv yeah. off block that user on twitter it's a lot of people wanting to be pissed because it makes them feel important there, there's definitely some level where i i love hate watching and hate listening to things sometimes I, yeah. but it's it's like that kind of anger that makes me giggle more than anything else yeah but i'm not going to sit there and say take this person off their their show sucks i'm not i'm not going to sign a petition Dude, I, i'm not going to go I, out of my way i hated big bang theory you know what i did i didn't watch it yeah it's so, and a million uh, tons of millions of other people did and that's fine let them you enjoy it enjoy your shit man i don't go see movies i don't want to see you don't like what so someone has to say example of that is um i used to run we were talking about this offline i used to run a blog about game of thrones right? yeah and it got pretty big this way before i was in politics you know, i totally did it anonymous because it was still the military at the time but it was called angry game of thrones fan angry got fan right yeah so the whole thing was done from a perspective of someone who loved the books and you know it's very satirical very jokey yeah um but someone who loves the books, I do love the books, but doesn't like the show. So what I would do is I would completely tear apart the show from the perspective of a book lover. Of a book lover, yeah. right? And I've been, I mean, I would take it to like the, the, the end level. I would say, I would be like, well, you know, the uh, the House of Black and White, actually, the, the black <laughs> door is supposed to be on the right and the white door is supposed to be on the left. And the show, they've completely Yeah, like it. something that... <laughs> some, I actually looked that up. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's, so that's, but that's the thing. It's it, it goes into such extremes and then some people see that and they can't see that there is a level of joking to that and it's just instant outrage. It's an outrage culture that completely dominates everything more than anything else. People, so people with no sense of humor, no man. sense of humor, but I think that the biggest problem in general is that people feel like when they're outraged, they have a purpose. Yeah, right. uh, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, an unemployed guy, that they feel like they're making a difference by commenting on a news post they don't agree with, um, saying something about this person's bad, they suck, uh, I did this. Um, there was just uh, something that happened with someone I know, the uh, teacher. They went on strike, and it was in a newspaper or on a, you know every news post was posting about it, and people commenting on it just that. with complete mis 
misinformation about the taxes and things like that. And it, it, but it gave them a purpose. It, and people, everyone thinks their opinion matters because everyone's feelings matter and the success of them matters. And I'm sorry, no, it doesn't. Your feelings really don't matter. You're not a shiny, happy snowflake. No, no. I, I think we've we've t- told everyone too much that their feelings matter and everyone's feelings don't matter. My feelings don't matter well, actually, any more than me, yours. Let me, let me, let me take that and, say, and put it into my words. Is because I would say that people's feelings matter. Yes, oh, of course. I mean, of course they matter. They sure. Matter, but that doesn't mean that other people have to change their behavior. Absolutely. Be right. Mandated okay. to change their behavior because it hurts somebody else's feelings. That's the Absolutely. Well, I mean, and going back uh, in this, this part of the conversation about feelings and then the media narrative, I see a lot of times, and I love clicking these like up rocks and Vox articles about some people are offended by this from the latest episode. And they post tweets in the articles from people that have like 40 followers and now they're showing it to 200,000 to a million people that suddenly feel like, oh my God, if that person's feelings hurt, maybe mine are supposed to be too. Right. No, they, they, I'm sorry. If they have 50 followers, those 50 followers can care about their feelings. No one else should have to. Right. And so what you're seeing there is narrative construction. Absolutely. You're seeing, you're seeing narrative construction by someone who realizes that it will create clicks. So generate outrage clicks. And this is actually one of the problems that's that's going on in left wing media right now, especially in the digital sphere, is because this this these outrage narratives. Oh, you know, people are outraged about this. People are outraged about that. It's like yeah, you take people are outraged. Whatever you know, marginalized group they can they can uh, decide sure. for a certain issue. There's always and a new one. Insert you know popular movie, popular title, popular revisit old popular, like revisit know, Friends and talk about why Friends was offensive. Right. And then you put it up. But the problem is it's fungible, right? You could get an AI algorithm to write that kind of content. You need to pay somebody thirty five thousand dollars a year to write that. You'd be stupid to do that. Yeah, sure. You could just get you could just find some you know, pay you could create a bot essentially to scroll Twitter, find people that are mad about something, collect your tweets, generate the article. You could pay anybody for that, pay a programmer yeah. you know, two hundred bucks and you got that. I mean and again, like there's there's just other things where if you just have a dissenting opinion about something, this just happened to me. I got a twelve hour ban on our, our podcast Twitter page because I oh, said no, it's new. It's. I said that I didn't like the movie Rocket Man, and it. I didn't say anything about the homosexual angle because, frankly, I don't give. I went into the movie. It's about Elton John, and I didn't expect it to be yeah, gay. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I, it's, seen it. I, I said. I just said I didn't really like it, and I'm an Elton John fan. I love his music. It just didn't do it for me, and people started calling me a homophobe. And that's that's what's the guy's name, Taron Edgerton. He, he yeah. was great. He was he was awesome in the movie. No, he's a great actor. Was he? He was the guy in uh, uh, Kingsman. Right? Yeah, Kingsman's, Kingsman's great movies. man. And I he love was Kingsman. great. Like I love the music in it. I was singing along and bopping. My girlfriend, like a movie ended. My girlfriend like well I think you're gonna be mad because I didn't like it I was like oh I didn't like it I just love the music like I like Elton John's music a lot and I felt the same with Bohemian yeah, that's how I felt about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody that's the same thing I, he was great uh, Rami Malek was incredible the, the <laughs> concert and recording scenes were great other than that it was a poorly edited movie the surrounding cast wasn't very good and it and I expect movies to be loose with history yeah, but as a like, look if I'm gonna watch if I'm gonna watch a movie about Freddie Mercury, then tell me a story about Freddie Mercury. Don't exactly. Show me stuff that I can watch on YouTube. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Where there's documentaries, and but again, I got I got called a homophobe, and our Twitter account got a 12-hour ban because I said I didn't like it, and the only reason the way I couldn't like it is if I'm homophobic. Apparently, and the guy that went and saw it in the theater about Elton John is homophobic. Yeah, not expect right. like what did I expect him to make it a rom-com with him? Yeah, like right. what is this? And mm-hmm. it just again, it's people feel like they well, have a purpose when they're out. Also, with the propping up of Captain Marvel. Yes. Massive, massive propping up of Captain Marvel. Absolutely. Which was an average movie by an exceedingly average 
mediocre actress Brie Larson. Yeah, and, and I, it's, I have, it's a force meme. They're just totally forcing us a million to percent. Think that this was the first female superhero. Movie. We all know it's not the first female superhero. Dude, movie. One, first uh, off, Wonder one, Woman just came out. One, was fantastic. Wonder yeah, Woman was awesome. great. And what's crazy with Brie Larson, and I said this uh, when she got cast, in the movie Room, she was fantastic. She put on a great dramatic performance. She's She, just, she does not have charisma for a role like Captain Marvel. And so much of these, these MC, MCU movies, the reason they thrive is Robert Downey Jr., he bleeds charisma. Yeah. And it, these certain actors in these roles just bleed it. Like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. comes on screen, he's eating the scenery, but you want him to. Yeah, exactly. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Chris Cumberbatch. Pratt. Yeah, they, they bleed charisma. Dave Bautista is Drax, where he is just dumb and doesn't say anything. It's charisma. Even Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana bleeds awesome. charisma. And then it, it was absolutely this narrative where if you didn't like it, and I, I've gotten called sexist for not liking it, and I was like, one of my favorite action sci-fi movies, we covered it on the show once, four female leads, Annihilation. And it, it there's no narrative. It just movie starts. It's not some kind of message in there. It, I mean, this conversation never happened with Ellen Ripley and Aliens, nope. Sarah Connor and the old Terminators. And because they start forcing it, of course, course it's a conversation now because you're shoehorning it in josh brought up something in the our engineer in the new x-men movie where jennifer lawrence says something it seems to be the the women are saving all the men around here why don't you call us the x-women like dude just don't shoehorn it to me like and not, not and then tell me that i'm being bad because i don't like that exactly so we didn't used to have these like racial gender uh quotas and we didn't have this political narrative that was crammed down on everybody sure and, and, right? and yeah nobody has ever said should we call it the x-men or not because there's females in the group i don't think there's any x-men fan over the last no no one ever had that said that statement well now they the the new men in black came out and tessa thompson says we should call him the the people in black or something so, or yeah, the that, the yeah. person in black i'm like Dude, like you're in the movie, like there's been female men in black in the old movies. Just and you and the same thing with the the Ghostbusters. Yeah. You, you completely dropped the ball with that, taking some talented people and making this terrible narrative, and then blame everyone yeah. else when they don't want to see it. You make a good movie and people will see it. Thor was actually the best. So that's part that's of the meme. That's yeah. the new meme. Yeah. Let's come out. It's called Get Woke, Go Broke. Yeah, you know? that's so that, that's literally get woke, it. Go broke. So you're putting out this woke culture, but then you're realizing is these people that in that in the we call them SJW social justice warriors. Of course, they're not spending money at the same clip that a mass marketed movie. Would. No, no, uh, not at all. And the, the, the epitome of this, uh, you know, we're kind of talking around it is the Last Jedi, right? The Last Jedi was nearly a poison pill for Star Wars. And yeah, the failure of the Last Jedi. It it hurt Solo and it, it hurt Han Solo. And I like I, listen. I, we're all three of us here. I, I love Star Wars. I understand the criticisms of The Last Jedi. I love the director. There's certain things I didn't like about it, but I, I'm not against the criticism. Everyone's allowed to feel a certain way about it. And I'm not telling people they're stupid if they didn't like it either. Nah. And, but you're absolutely right in that they they, they shoehorn thing. I actually, I just read an article last night about the study that involved it and why it was so polarizing, and it made a lot of sense. And they he definitely tried forcing... I mean, Ryan Johnson, he made the, the my favorite episode of Breaking Bad ever. He did Looper, which is one of the best awesome. action sci-fi movies. I don't know if you've seen Looper, Jack, but it's a it's a mind... It's a it's a completely... Multiple times. And his original, his original independent film, Brick. Brick, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In, incre incredible. And, I mean, I, I don't want to blame him for The Last Jedi because I know what Disney does, how they try to shoehorn things in. And again, I did like The Last Jedi a lot. But the, the criticism that people have are totally justified. 
totally justified. Outside of Carrie Fisher being Mary Poppins, that's the only thing yeah. in life. Honestly. <laughs> it, there's just there's goofy things in it, and I'm hoping they correct it with the next one, and it seems yeah, like... The biggest thing with Last Jedi was the way they treated Luke Skywalker. The yeah. way that they, they took someone who was the representation of hope and idealism and yeah a little bit of naivete sure but you you need that that goes hand in hand with hope and i think that mark hamill played that well he's been very vocal yeah he's criticized it openly he's criticized it very openly but i mean that's that's just like one of the movies that they've done this with i mean there's been a ton of other ones that they had the batwoman show coming out that looks like it's just completely shoehorned in Mm -hmm. and you're they're wondering why things don't work don't blame the people blame the people that are writing it and producing it and pushing it out and telling you you have to like it. I actually saw one. I actually saw one where they were they were doing this so gender swapping. That's like the new big thing. So offensive. I saw though. one where they were gonna where they actually kind of stepped in it because they go, yeah. And in the new Matthew Reeves the Batman film, Alfred is gonna be a woman. I know. I saw that they were talking. They were talking about Emma Thompson or uh, Dame Judi Dench playing uh, Alfred, and I'm like, is anyone asking for a female Alfred? Like, what? I, but no. But wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. So you're gonna be so woke that you're gonna have a female making sandwiches for Batman? Yeah. Yeah, you're turning you're turning her you're turning her into a butler. Like that was the thing. Like it's it's so goofy, and uh, I just I I don't understand. Like <laughs> it's, it's true. Like it's 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 you're so woke. You have a female making sandwiches, cleaning like, the yeah, toilets. Like, how, she's making sandwiches and ironing the bat cave. Yeah, like, like guys, I have not seen hey, that. What, what are they gonna call? What's gonna be her name? Alfrina? Alfrina, sew my bat suit. Like, come on. And, Alfreda. 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 Yeah. Alfreda. Yeah. Chicken. Alfredo like come on and it's that's well I mean you don't have any there's no like risk takers anymore you see very few people willing to take risks because you, you, if you take a risk and you miss that's part of taking a risk the potential to miss Stanley Kubrick took so a risk every reading, movie I, and, and this is you know you know what what Jack Posobiec actually does on his spare time I was reading an interview with the creator of Ren and Stimpy okay yeah <laughs> and he talked about this in a, in a, in a very linear sense um, but there's well, there's this whole thing going where like the Nickelodeon is going back and remaking a bunch of Nicktoons, yeah. And bring their cast back. Rocco's like, Modern Life, they're doing, they're doing. Um, are you afraid of the dark? Netflix pretty soon. Love yeah, it. and of course they're not doing it with Ren and Stimpy. No, but he actually talked about how in the '90s there was this really interesting moment where corporations were hiring creators and allowing them to actually take risks and and push the envelope Dude, beavis and, really and butthead uh, mike mike judge beavis and butthead the simpsons was oh a huge risk yeah, the, the, um the larry sanders show one of the groundbreaking ones was a total risk because you pulled back the curtain you broke down the third wall more or less with a guy that was an established comedian and comedic actor and let him kind of show you what it looked like seinfeld was a risk when you think about it and now everything is just safe bubblegum and uh, the the Ren and Stimpy one is a great example, and that got all kinds of outrage. Say, even, and, even the Ricky Gervais show on HBO Rick, was a risk because it's just a talk show. On, yeah, on I mean, it, there's all kinds of risks in show. I mean, there's very few. Like Game of Thrones took risks killing main characters. That was a huge risk. When you know you see some episodes, but even like a show that took risks when it came out, and it was edgy. Was Family Guy, and now it's the complete opposite, where he plays safe and tiptoes and walks on eggshells. Right. So, kind of the thing that that the Ren and Stimpy creator was saying was. Because the risk taking went so well, and the, those companies then succeeded so greatly, they then became scared of taking risks and wanted to play it safe because they had more to lose. Yeah, well, one a good example of that, and um, is Vince McMahon in the WWE. I mean, he he saved yeah, his company. I mean- by taking risks and being edgy, and now he is bowing to the networks and doing what they want and making decisions the lack based on that. Of 
competition, right? So yeah, I was for a sure. huge wrestling fan in back in the nineties when it was Attitude Era, probably. W versus WCW versus the, WWE. The, the Monday night, the Monday night wars, baby. Yeah, the Monday night wars. But now the lack of competition has just sort of spiraled them into this weird place where the, the narratives are just stale. Or, and we actually went to see Raw a couple nights ago, and I'm not going to name names, but one of the wrestlers uh, in, in WWE is a big fan of mine, and so hooked us up with free tickets. Nice. and Which is really, really cool. Like, we're there practically on the floor. And it, the show was just, it, I don't know, it wasn't as captivating as it used no, to be. No, it, it's not. And uh, we went to, uh, we went to re- I went to WrestleMania. I say we. I went to WrestleMania this past year. I had a great time. You know, I go into it, I watch WWE with certain expectations, knowing the product that he puts out now. And I say, he doesn't make, Vince McMahon does not make a wrestling show. He makes a TV show with some wrestling in it now, without coherent storylines, which is most television anyway. And, you know, it, it, it's absolutely the competition edge of it. And that's why it's great that Cody Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes' son, started up AE. And they just had they just um, tickets went on sale for their next pay per view sold out in 15 minutes. Uh, had 74,000 people waiting at the venue to buy tickets as well. So maybe that'll push Vince. But he also has he has a Fox deal now that he just got a billion dollars yep. for. He got a, uh, a 50 million dollars from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to do shows over there. When they push the women's evolution, women can't even go over there. And it's like, it's just total nonsense all the time. And again, the competition, he's complacent. And there's a good chance wrestlers, you know, people in the wrestling business tend to go a little senile. And Vince, knowing the things he's done in his life, is probably going a little senile. But there's no risk taking in there anymore. Not even with the, not even the storylines, the wrestling, there's no risk taking anymore because no blood. Well, probably no... the biggest risk they're taking is having, you know, 50 and 60 year olds in the ring. Yeah, well, they nearly killed Goldberg and The Undertaker doing that in Saudi exactly, Arabia exactly last week. About. And it, it, it's, it's crazy. But, um, all right, so I don't want to keep you too long. It's Father's Day, so I told you earlier we're going to ask you one question that we ask every guest, and you're going to hit me with your answer. So the first one is, what is your favorite movie, Jack? Uh, favorite movie, hands down, is Braveheart, man. Okay, that that's... On, I'm going to watch it. That's I, a, I love that movie start to finish. Uh, I've even been to the filming locations. That oh, that's that movie, that's, cool. that's one I could put on any time. Like, I'm a, I'm a Mel Gibson fanboy. I'll watch yeah. just about anything he's in, and uh, I mean, director-wise... And in the rest of the week, of course, I'm talking <laughs> in the Scottish accent. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, always have. Ireland. Uh, um, Ireland. It's my and, island. And, I mean, he, his most recent movie, the the war movie with uh, Andrew Gar- Garfield, um, the one about the... Hacksaw Ridge that he directed awesome. was unbelievable, and Braveheart is definitely. I love the Patriot. It's you know it's Braveheart light, but it's a great movie. And but yeah. Braveheart's a great Braveheart choice. Light, yeah. All right, so the next question's tougher, but we try to generalize it. What is your favorite band and your favorite album by that band? Uh, favorite band is I go a little old school. Um, favorite band is probably the Beatles, but I'd also put Primus and Smashing Pumpkins oh, in my top three. Okay. Uh, David I, Bowie's up there as well. Yeah. And favorite Beatles album is probably Let It Be. I just That's, I love how, how I, raw it is. I love how emotional it is, knowing what they were going through at you know, that time, and they were all sort of fighting each other. Absolutely, but I think that friction created some really powerful. I, it absolutely did, and I, I love Let It Be, but specifically, I like the one that they released like in two thousand four. Let It Be Naked, the original recording. Yeah, without it, the, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Like that one, I might like a little more, but that sound. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But uh Jack, it was great talking with you, man. Um really appreciate it. And where Absolute can pe- where can people find you and anything you want to plug? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Uh find me of course one American News OANN.com on Twitter. It's uh, Jack Fasovic, just my name. All right, awesome Jack. You have a great Father's Day, man. Thanks for spending some time yeah, with you us. You too. Thank you so All much. Right, God bless you guys. Later, man.
All right, so that was Jack Posobiec from One American News. Uh, really cool guy. Very interesting conversations. You see, you can have a political conversation without political allegiance being revealed at all. Oh, my God. Would, would you be able to tell wh- who he supports or not based on that conversation? No. The because- internet would have you believe that he is a vile human being. I know. And he's anything but. He's a gentleman. Just, yeah. just, just from totally the ba- like, cool guy. Yeah. Awesome to talk to. Yeah. I was going to say, just from the basic research, I, like when it just you just type in his name, it's, it's It makes it look of- like he's some kind of scumbag, yeah. and it's anything but. Like, but- this, like exactly what he said, this Wikipedia Page. Like, you think he's some fucking evil, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, mastermind yeah. trying to trying to get you? Yeah, neo-Nazi scumbag yeah. Uh, douche. But he's anything but. He was awesome. That was just a really really cool conversation. Um, I have an announcement for you guys though. Do you? I'm pretty sure I officially got us in. At Sopranos Con in November, um, I don't know if we're gonna have a table or if we're just gonna have passes to walk around and interview people. But um, I just had a conversation with this week; they're gonna get us in. So you watch, I listen. We'll be on location at the, I believe it's the Javits. It might be a Javits or Javits Center. I think it's a I Javits. Think it's the Meadowlands Convention. It, it Center. might be the yeah, it's a Meadowlands Convention Center. Um, but we will be on location at Sopranos Con. Um, cool. It's like a ninety-nine percent confirmation. I just got to get everything pretty much. So right. that's really cool. Um, Taylor, do you think Adriana will be there? I hope so. Um, who is your favorite musical artist of all time? It could be guitarist, a singer, uh, just one person involved in music ever. One person involved in music? Yeah, ever. Uh, Pick one. Does it have to be like a producer? It could be anyone Anyone that's been involved with music. Rick, Someone, Rick, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Josh? James Hetfield. James Hetfield. Mine's Trent Reznor. All right, here's the better question now. How much would you pay for a lock of their hair? Uh, I wouldn't really. Yeah, no, Josh. Weird, All right, well, dude. someone paid $45,000 for a lock of Beethoven's hair this past week. What the fuck? <laughs> wait, okay. wait, wait, hold on. Like like, like the dog like, from the movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be better. <laughs> I would pay $45,000 for that. No, like the composer Beethoven. Okay, so where does... Who fa- has his hair? Okay, I that's a good... I wondered that as well. You have to wonder... He's been dead for like, what, 300 years? Okay, first off, yeah, what condition is the hair in? Not good. What color is it now? It's gray. <laughs> it probably was gray when he died. Um, And do you like Beethoven that much to spend 45... Fa- yeah, play that low in the background. <laughs> yeah. So, I like that. Um, So, wait, like, okay... <laughs> like, like, first off, how when did Beethoven die? Uh, it's got to be what this. I want to say sixteen hundreds. Sixteen hundreds. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. But the, here's what here's what blows my mind. Listen, I think it's a cool piece of memorabilia. Sure. I guess you could say. Like, I think. What if a, I told you I have a piece of Beethoven shit? That's weird. <laughs> Would no, you buy that? No. Would you rather buy his shit or his hair? It reminds me. It's very. What, much... What year did Beethoven <laughs> die? Seven. Eighteen twenty-seven. Okay, so that's some old ass hair. Wait, wait, wait. No, baptized 17... He was baptized right here, 18... de- His death in 1827. 1827, Why does it died. say 1770? That's though, when he was born. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Usually when you you die, you were born, like, oh, in years prior. No, I, I was... Thanks. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, I... What you, you looked at it at first glance, you probably thought it was over 100 years, yes, right? Yeah, okay. like, that's what it was. Because I, I just saw a seven and Okay, like, no so way. first off, who was keeping Beethoven's hair for this long? I don't know. And why, you always hold it was it passed down? 000? Was it passed down, like, generations? Like, huh, Sonny, listen, this was passed down by my father who was passed down by him his father and his father before him <laughs> yo, be- this yo- is beethoven's hair he had a ponytail yo, bet- and they cut it <laughs> yo bet money it's just their great it's just his great like, grandfather's pubes I, I, that's what i would say like uh, we actually shaved beethoven's eyebrow before he died <laughs> this is a hair from his right eyebrow <laughs> like we plucked it's, ear hair from it, him okay so, so as far as like how how like how much 
the like like the, the anatomical size, like how much of hair. It's in a lock of his hair, so I'd have to consider like you took like three inches just in a, just, just yeah, it. like that's fucking weird, man. I, I, I think it's I think it would be a cool thing. Like, to me, it sounds like it's kind of the same thing as like you collect the player's bubble gum from like the cigarette pack. Sure, back in the day. that I understand. Okay, but like this is I don't know. Who's why, your favorite just, baseball player all time? Favorite baseball player all, all time. time? Um, who played center field? Aaron Rowan. Okay, Aaron Rowan. Okay, so Aaron Rowan comes up to you. I'm Aaron Rowan, right? Okay. I got I got chew in my mouth, and you're like, Rowan, I'm a big fan. You know, I don't have anything to sign. He goes, All right, here. Takes his wad of tobacco out of his mouth, uh-huh. and you put your hand out. Do you take it? No. Yeah, that's it. That's how. That's how they. Yeah, looks. like that's a lot of hair. That is a lot. It's literally. It's got to be at least a foot long, right? First of if all, not why more. Is it, why is it only forty-five thousand? If you think about it, that should be priced. That sold. Le- that sold less for the Honus Wagner baseball card that just sold for one point two million dollars. That's like the Holy Grail baseball card. Yeah, right? but what's crazy? Okay, first of all, how did they prove that is Beethoven's hair? They, can they DNA test it? But even then, how, like, do they? I they guess you could. De- Josh, read through it quick. While we're talking just um, to see if they could how they know it's Beethoven's but, hair. Uh, like, um, unless they have some piece of article of clothing where they well, have his that's shit like on file. I would never buy like if everyone ever gave me a baseball that was autographed by Babe Ruth, I'd be like, hell yeah. But I would also say you have no way of proving if this is autographed by Babe Ruth. Exactly. It was so long ago. They, there's so many phonies out there of of uh, signed baseballs, bats, and things like that. That's why every game has an uh, someone authenticating everything on location. They yep. put the stamp on it right away. So you literally I, get a certificate of authenticity. Th- that is some insane fandom. And it was it just a regular per? It had to be someone with money. They're not just like someone's not. My life savings is going to forty five. Forty five thousand. How much? Is most okay. Normal if salary. someone brought this this hair to Pawn Stars. What would they offer him? Oh, I really don't know if it's his hair, but you know, I really got to bring well, in an expert. I this. saw, I saw one once where someone brought in a box of cigars that were JFKs. They were Cuban cigars that were JFKs. That is that I buy. And he was like, "It's missing some of the cigars." The guy's like, "Yeah, smokes." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I probably smoke one of JFK cigars." Yeah. He probably had that buried up some young intern snatch. Okay, like Clinton. so, <laughs> Go ahead, so not only is it confirmed, uh, and it was how is it confirmed? It was confirmed uh, by. Hold on. Okay. I wrote, I scrolled down a little bit. Imagine this episode gets deleted because we have Beethoven playing. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright infringement. Uh, the authenticity, like the authentic, authenticity was confirmed by Alexander Wheelock, author of the first scholarly bi- uh, biography of Beethoven. Okay, but did he look at the hair? Yeah, that's Beethoven. Well, not only not <laughs> only is it confirmed. Let's say you know confirmed. Throw, throw quote unquote. Uh, up there. This is not the first time. That a lock of hair has been auctioned off of Beethoven's, meaning that there is another multiple, like more than one. Why? Uh, So the other one was taken um, on his deathbed in 1827. They uh, somebody cut a lock of his hair out, and that was uh, auctioned off. I would prefer to have Beethoven's semen sample because because then you could Uh, dump it into someone (laughs) and make the next great young composer via Beethoven's 200 year old semen. Okay, sure. It's all dry. <laughs> what are you, fucking Ted Williams? Get out of here. Oh my god, he's still frozen, Ted, Ted Williams? So is Walt Disney? No, that one's actually not true. Oh, the Walt Disney thing is a myth. Oh. But um, what's his name? Uh, Ted Ted Williams is definitively frozen. His daughter was on uh, with Francesa a few years ago talking yeah. about it. How they're still hoping for a cure. There is no cure for dead bitch. No, no, there <laughs> there's was no. Uh, there's no such thing. Zombies. So that's I, about I, it. I was listening and they were, I was listening to like the radio and for whatever reason Dennis Leary's asshole song came on. Oh he was yeah, yeah. About, like, I like to see handicapped people. But, I like yeah, to park in handicapped spaces. Yeah, and yeah. he was talking about how uh, John Wayne was also frozen too, or something like that. Okay. And they said he's like, you know what? 
uh, you know, like how pissed you are when you take a cold shower. Times that by ten million. You think how pissed off you think the Duke's gonna Dude, be? Dude, he wakes up like when Austin Powers gets out frozen. He just pees for two minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> Evacuation. <laughs> like John it, it Wayne. Like Brian if, if John, if they found a cure for John Wayne being frozen, because this goes back to a conversation we had a while ago, they should have unfroze him and brought him back to life when Obama was president. <laughs> Oh Wakes up, God. freeze me again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, wait, wait, what was the one on Family Guy where they did? It was uh, Walt Disney, and they unfreeze him. Yeah, yeah. Walt, welcome back. Are the juice still around? <laughs> no. Nope. All right, put me back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I got to give props to someone that I generally disagree with. Um, cool. John I mean, Stewart. John Stewart this week. I don't know if yes, you saw that. I did. Uh, John Stewart, pretty much since towards the end of his run on the Daily Show, and since then, has been a major advocate for first responder first responders of nine eleven. Um, as government, our, our great elected officials have continued to conf- uh, cut funding to support them in their health struggles. I think the statistic is something like seventy percent of nine eleven first responders have some type of cancer uh-huh. and he went before congress this past week and like ha- like i think like 60 percent of them didn't show up like yeah, an absurd amount so many empty chairs. and he just ripped into them and it was real it was heartfelt it was passionate it there was the was right so thing emo- to say there was so much emotion in genuine emotion and i you know i was uh, usually when like I, I guess usually when celebrities do this kind of thing it's usually i sometimes i could think it'd be possible it's like a pr stunt or sure, like they could sure. genuinely be interested in whatever's happening yeah like the ashley kutcher the seth rogan yeah. stuff that was like real stuff yeah seth but, rogan with alzheimer's yes exactly because his mother-in-law yeah I think. sure and uh Watching John Stewart and like knowing the the type of guy he is how involved he is. I disagree with eighty really percent of his politics, but he's a genuinely good dude. That's what I'm saying. And I so, saw him at Raw once with Seth Rollins. Is that the one where he uh, <laughs> where, where uh, he broke up with yeah. John Cena thing? Yeah, whatever. But anyway, so uh, I I very much uh, I advocate for John Stewart one because he's a very funny guy. Yeah, and even if I disagree, he was the Daily Show was significantly better oh when God. he was on it. it was Trevor so Noah good. stinks. Him and the Colbert Report was amazing. Um, and but, but to do what he did and say what he did, and the next day because everyone's like oh shit like uh, we fucked up they passed the bill but now it has to go before senate and you know senate's just gonna be like oh it's nope. spending money to help it's we're just dollars and cents to them and votes and it's crazy but i gotta give props to mr stewart um Dude, some of the stuff he said like it takes a lot of balls to stand in front of elected officials and say what he said honestly and i really love absolutely and it said it's with no fear none whatsoever and Absolutely. Uh, so Taylor, you got a we got a couple more things to promote and plug. Yes, we do. So uh, guess what, bros and bros? What's that? I almost forgot again. Fudge and Fudge hashtag Shots for Like podcast is bringing video into the mix. Not only can you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories. Sodomy. Streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Go to these links below. Don't visit them. Just re- just type them in as I go. Twitch.tv slash Shots for Likes podcast. Mixer.com slash Shots for Likes. And uh, visit Shots for Likes podcast.com and click, the, uh, click on the YouTube icon to watch on YouTube. That's usually how that goes. Drink with us. And as always, don't be a cunt. 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 Guys, if you're thinking about advertising, there's only one place you should be calling. Where? And that's calling Lobo Sound. If you need a website, there's only one place you should be calling. 
And that's Lobo Sound. Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to just Chicago. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito. Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back, and Montecito is in California. California. Uh, Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want to reach, on all devices and applications. For more information, please call Lobo Sound at 630 244 9704. What was that? that is 630 244 9704. Or you can visit them at www.lobosound.com. That's www.lobosound.com. And if you mention you watch I listen, you get a 10% discount. So again, visit or call them at 630 244 9704. Um, I heard about an actor, or not an actor, I guess to say a celebrity that says they want to be a villain in the MCU. Who is this? Take a guess. Okay, like, it's not an actor, so it's a, it's a famous or just a famous person. Famous person. Um, are they a musical artist? No. Okay. Are they former athlete turned reality star turned social activist? Uh, Jason Collins. No. Okay. Good uh, guess. Josh, do you have a guess? I don't. Thanks, dude. Caitlyn Jenner wants to be a villain in the MCU. I have the perfect villain. She can play Tranos. <laughs> get it? Do you get it? Yeah, I figured it out. Uh, that's the only place that was going. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold on. What do you mean, Please. On. Yeah, you have to have this ready. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting You it. fucked up. I did, you, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. All right, it's funny. <laughs> that drum line was for your engineering skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's some more Chernobyl fallout. Now, no pun intended there. Yeah, so um, that actually while. happened. So yeah, there's a lot of fallout still. still. Um, so because of Chernobyl's tremendous success and it being so popular, uh, it is becoming a major destination for... For selfies? Nope. No, um, wait, kind of. Wait, wait, kind of. Wait, is it for mm, models? Uh, Instagram influencers, social oh, media great. influencers. These they're not influencers. Well, they, I they, hate the thing that. is, they are though. That's the problem because people I are so stupid. That. I agree completely. People that will buy products based on some stranger that shows their their abs or their tits and ass and their slit, and then they're like, "Oh, this face cream made my face look really good." No, it didn't. You don't use it, jerk off. I don't know why Josh liked Apple. Yeah. What? <laughs> Shut up. Um. So all these Instagram influencers are going to Chernobyl and well, posing like half naked and shit. Well, did you? Are, did you read the whole thing? Did you read the whole thing? Because apparently it's not true. What? It's not. She was. She, the, the, no, the one, I'm not talking about one person. No, there was one woman. There's who one went that there. lied. There's one that lied. That's the one. I, that's the one. But I their read tourism about. has gone up like dramatically, and oh, these yeah. Instagram influencers are going there and actually posing. The one person was lying. No, 100% but there's lying. a ton of them that are going and doing this. To do what? Like, like, listen, I can't shit on influencers because if they are smart enough to get people that are dumb enough to follow them and buy things based on them, God bless you. That is beautiful marketing and business. Yeah, I can't shit on that. But if you were dumb enough to go to Chernobyl just to show your titties... My, Come my, to my house and show your titties. My whole thing was like, I'm a big fan of like uh, the old Top Gear, the uh, the Grand Tour, those mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the car show. Sure. And they had an episode where they had to go to Chernobyl. They had these fuel efficient cars, and that whoever could run out of gas first before you get to Chernobyl won the challenge. You didn't have to go to Chernobyl. <laughs> So I like, would go, but I wouldn't be fucking like in there like uh, likes, likes. I mean, I have a private Instagram for a reason. But what like, I'm saying is, like people going there, like doing, taking these provocative pictures at one of the most, at one of the worst nuclear disasters. The, in the worst, history of the, the worst nuclear disaster. Oh, the worst.
Force, excuse yeah. me. The, in the in the history of the world, and thinking that it's like, oh, this is fun. Imagine like going to the, the, the shit like well, that. that's like some people have gone like to the Anne Frank Memorial and taken like like when Justin Bieber signed the thing the way he did. There's a time and a oh, place. Oh, she's a believer. Yeah, she she, she would have been be a, a believer. I'm like, dude, there's a time and a place. That like, was like I, when Burt Kreischer thought that's Anne like, Frank and Helen Keller like when were the you same guys person. we were in Texas and you guys went to the JFK Memorial and I stayed in the car because I was like I would not be able to like go out there without like acting like I just got shot for a picture. Man for a laid down on the X where he yeah, got shot. I would have gone up like I'm holding a gun like in where the X is. It, like it, it was like cool. If, like I don't know. I've always been a big history buff. So no, I, I am too. Thing. I'm also weird. Like as much as I like dark it's things, I don't. Tension. I don't like real dark things. Yeah, like right. it, it's it's too weird to me that the president of the United States was, was killed right, right there, there yeah. and it's like a spot. Like wow, that's cool. No, it's not. It's kind of weird that like uh, that like there's an X on the ground where, where the, yeah no where it's crazy and is. fucking you know how many people got hit by cars and that by that X. I can imagine. Like I but I don't think anyone's ever died there. That'd be fantastic. Well, JFK got killed there, and some dumb asshole well, that had indigestion. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing that's crazy too is like I remember when we were there, we were visiting the site, and there's like so many people with stand set up saying like, "Oh, the second shooter." Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff. Like, I love JFK conspiracies more than most because I don't believe half of what the government told us about it. The I fact that the the reports to this day, there's things they won't release because of national security concerns. That happened what in the '60s, and right? there's still national security concerns and they're most likely related to people that were recently or still are in our political system uh-huh. like the one big there's a couple big names that are redacted that they're rumored to be uh george bush senior george um uh, uh yeah no <laughs> not in the kennedy assassination george Washington. beethoven's hair Alexander um Hamilton. no lbj is the big one because the big conspiracy around it that was uh, a coup de, uh, coup de ca or what is it uh, coup, de gras? coup de gras that they it was a transition of power because they broke so many protocol and taking the president's body putting it on air force one swearing the pre- uh, lbj Spring, in on the plane so yeah. i'm not like i'm not i don't believe every conspiracy theory but i doubt everything it's and i'm listening i'm willing to hear everything it's also looking at the chain of events like you look at it, it's like that's a little well a lot of it's a little hokey i mean yeah, they, they, sure. i don't believe that uh, i i ultimately the truthfully what i believe happened was that it was lee harvey oswald that got off the first i mean four shots went off that's confirmed um the first one went through jfk's neck and what's crazy is that jfk had so many back problems and he was wearing a back brace mm-hmm. and if he was not wearing that back brace that first shot he would have hunched over and then he wouldn't gotten hit with the kill shot mm-hmm. because he was wearing the brace he was upright what i think happened was after the first shot then the second that pierced to, uh, his leg and then the governor that was in front of JFK I think what happened was the secret service behind them freaked out and his gun bobbled and took out the president Maybe. and would you think the government wants to admit that the secret service may have blown off the head of JFK no. at that time the most beloved president in history I don't, I don't know it's uh, that to me is the one that I think there's the most validity to because when you start getting like the, the whole grassy knoll thing has been proven to be such bullshit the shadow figure well, on there we've also been there where are you gonna hide yeah, well, well, they the the it's not even where they hide. The the big thing is the shadow figure on the grassy knoll, and with advanced science and being able to understand like um the the size of things based on distance. Right. If that shadow figure was a person, they determined he would have been 11 and a half inches tall. <laughs> so he wouldn't like, be, so he would, he part of the lollipop guild? Yeah, and he shot the president from a few hundred feet away. It, it's yeah. cra- I mean, just so many weird things happen with that. But, I mean, Lee Harvey Oswald, he was in the, he was in Mexico a few months before that at well, the he, Russian embassy. Like, he was a Soviet for a while. There's a lot of weird things. And when you tell me there's still national security concerns, don't also tell me that this is how it happened. Happened. Yeah, right. I mean, there's there's gonna be things that we probably never find out. Yeah. I mean, they still won't release all the stuff. I mean, Area 51, we still don't know how many things about. And now we sound like Alex Jones. 
The, well, the water's making our kids gay. Making the frogs gay. And our kids, too. Our kids are gay, dude. I, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> um, I have a trailer I want to show you guys. Trailer. Um, trailer came it, out this is week. It, is it a double wide? Yes. Shut up. Boo. Boo you, Chip. <laughs> was it double wide of something? Was it double wide of something? <laughs> um, Dr. It, Sleep. The trailer. Chocolate, chocolate did, chip? Did you... Uh, doctor. Like, spell out... I mean, maybe it'll come up. Um, yeah, sure. Pull it back. This is the sequel to The Shining. So, I actually saw this, and I was like, what the fuck is Ewan McGregor doing? Josh, you have not seen this yet, right? No. All right, so... Th this was on every YouTube ad for the last couple days. Every YouTube video I watched, this was the, so this was the, the trailer. So, the premise of the movie is um, Ewan McGregor's playing Danny Torrance, the son from The Shining, mm -hmm. and it's about him uh, present day. Is that Jason Sudeikis? That's Ewan McGregor Ewan for McGregor, the 50th time. I told you this. Kenobi, oh, oh. dude. Yeah. The best part of this trailer is someone sees Ewan McGregor and goes, Hi there. <laughs> it's, Hello there. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's this is Mike Flanagan directing, who directed Oculus, The Haunted of Hill House. I am very, very excited I for might, this movie. I might need to watch, I haven't seen The Shining in a while. I might need, I might need to watch it again. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. And the book, the book Doctor Sleep is really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Red rum. The red rum pops up. I like how he says, talk to the kid. Yeah. The Shining. Based on, the, on Stephen King's best-selling novel. It came out like five, six years Imagine. ago. Like me. Hello there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. Room 237. Oh my god. No! No! Yeah, the shower. Oh, I hate I it. about magic. Listen. I... I always called it The Shining. Dude. The music, the original score. I can't wait for this movie. The twins in the hallway. And here's the shot. Oh, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's the the, the the door that Jack Nicholson axed through and said, here's Johnny with Danny Torrance sticking his head through it. And the original music. Dude, Josh, hype. <laughs> Most hype. Comes out on my birthday. Yeah, well, that's more important. <laughs> So is my friend's wedding. Yeah, oh, that sucks, too. Um, no, I'm pumped, man. It's Flanagan's a great director. Um, wow. The specific thing that I... Um, I just read an interview with Mike Flanagan about this, and he said the thing that was he was very worried about is that he wants to do Stephen King's novel while also paying tribute to Stanley Kubrick Shining. And as we know, Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King had massive disagreements yep. about the movie. So he had to... Mike Flanagan said, I had to get Stephen King's blessing or I wouldn't have done the movie. And uh, he somehow made the book end a... Looks like a sequel. He went back and reshot the only scene. You know, they showed a bunch of the old shining things. The yeah. only one that was from the original movie in that trailer was the blood coming from the elevators. Yeah. Everything they reshot. 
Wow. Um, so it, it, I, I think it's going to be great. The book is really good. It's different than The Shining because it's obviously more a wider scope because it's not involving just three people in a hotel. For sure. Um, but Ewan McGregor is great, obviously, and Flanagan is the right guy to do this. The Haunting of Hell House was amazing. Oculus is one of the best horror movies of the last decade. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I really can't wait for that. And I'm glad you guys finally just got to see it. It is pretty cool. Like I said, I've skipped that a couple times because they showed it before a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, always oh, skip that shit. But, no, uh, that, now you're like, oh, I definitely am glad I saw it. Yeah. Um, speaking of horror movies, um, a, a one came out this week at a, a film festival for horror movies, and it's uh. being called The Room of Horror Movies. You, like, okay. like, like no, like Tommy Wiseau's The Room yeah, of horror movies. And this movie is called uh, Veronica, directed by one Glenn Danzig. And wait, from the Misfits, Glenn Danzig, oh and God. apparently the whole theater was cracking up during this. And then he went up there, and he was cool about. It. He's like, you know, I wasn't expecting that many laughs, but I'm glad you guys were entertained. So now it's like I, I am like seething to see this movie because mm-hmm. I love a good bad movie more than anything. Mm-hmm. When it's so bad that I can laugh my ass off, like <laughs> Mac and Me and The Room, that I'm I'm in for that kind of shit. Always, yeah, a battle. No, ba- I don't. I never saw Battleship. Don't need that to. It's fucking hilarious, it, dude. I'm Sure. Oh Hit finger God. of God. <laughs> um, a former NFL player was uh, convicted this week. <laughs> um, I feel like I heard this. Uh, he was a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowler, uh, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl tight end. Oh my God. Who do you think I'm going to say? Why? Fucking soldier. <laughs> Kellen Winslow Jr. Look how weird he looks now. <laughs> he oh my God. Lo- he looks like someone that would play Aaron Hernandez in a made-for-TV movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't he? Um, so he got a, he raped a 58 year old homeless woman oh my God. and now all these weird stories are coming out that apparently he was, well, remember a few years ago when he was still playing, he got arrested for, uh, he had synthetic marijuana in the car and they yeah. said he was jerking off and he's like, I wasn't jerking off, but I had the weed, yeah. but apparently he was jerking off in front of his teammates all the time too. Jesus Christ. Um, that's a guy that has what you call a sex addiction, yeah. uh, a chronic sex addiction. And uh, yeah, like the, so. Let me read some of these. Jeff is a lady hit the when when per, um, he couldn't. So this is all about Kellen Winslow Jr. Uh, jerking off when he was a player. Uh, he can count on having an empty seat next to him on any team flight due to his ritual of watching hardcore pornography on his portable DVD player, according to these sources. On one occasion, an equipment manager tasked with delivering gear to lockers after hours walked in a Winslow masturbating at his locker, two seats away from the entrance, according to two team officials familiar with the incident. Here's another story. When pornography became widely available on mobile phones, he often watched it on his smartphone during meetings. Explains why his uh, play started to slip. Uh, two, the two former teammates said, um, t- uh, teammates begged out of share or was it uh, begged out of shared hotel assignments with Winslow because he watched pornography and masturbated openly with no regard for who was in the room. A teammate and, a, and an official said uh, later on in his career, after he went to Tampa Bay via trade, Winslow acquired a life-size silicone mold of a woman's torso complete with vagina and anus to bring with him on road trips. According to one former assistant coach. Okay, when you start getting torsos, that's getting on like serial killer territory. Yeah, dude, like that's some like Colucci level. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Colucci probably has a torso of a man, <laughs> complete with so, penis, balls, and so anus. Weird, bro. <laughs> and oh scent. My God. He likes <laughs> Colucci loves to smell of onions because it reminds him of balls. <laughs> Just, He's just, gay. Just, just a faint musk. Yeah, that's fucking weird, man. That, like, like that is that's just that's some weird shit. There's some wrong. Like, why wrong would teams there. continue to sign a guy if it was so well known that he just jerks off all the time? Like, like, especially after the whole Brett Favre thing with sending dick pics to Jen Sturger or whatever. Like, you'd think you'd want to avoid a player that has an issue with 
you know, his wiener, <laughs> like where how he uses it. I just like it seems. I don't know. Like I just can't wrap my head around shit like that. Like why? I couldn't tell you. It, it, it's such a weird impulse to have. Like for me, or, or not for me. But, like it's just a weird impulse. Jerking off like, or like in public? No, just like to even uh, jerking off anywhere that isn't your home is fucking weird. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like I mean, if you have a hotel room to yourself, sure, yeah, whatever. You mean you're sharing semen with everyone else, and he's fucking oh cock sucking piece don't of throw, shit. Don't throw it, don't throw it. Oh, Mets lost. Yeah, they lost. But no, like I said, it's just I I can't bring myself to even think I would do something like that in a public place. No, you know what I'm saying? No, like, dude, it's just, it's, like that's fucking weird, man. That, I mean, like that that's some weird mental shit. That something happened. Something like you. I'm even fine if you jerk off in your car, like, and you're just in your no. driveway or driving. Not like really. Manfred does it when he's driving sometimes. Yeah, but like that's that's kind of, risky. Yeah, whatever. That's very risky. Is it more dangerous to jerk off and drive or text and drive? Uh-oh. I feel like I could just look straight ahead and jerk off. Right? Like, with texting, you gotta look down. So what is more dangerous, texting and driving, jerking off or driving? Taylor, go. Well, I have an answer, and I'm not gonna tell you. Okay, so his answer is not jerking off and driving. Yes. Josh? Probably. I don't know. Well, I, you know what? I changed my answer. It's definitely texting and driving, because where's that come going if you're sitting straight up? Right in your fucking eye. And now not only did you just come and you wanted to have a cigarette and a nap, you got come in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gross and driving. A cigarette and nap. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you guys take anything away from E3 this week that excited you? Uh, Borderlands 3 looks pretty cool. Doom? Doom? Um, yeah, I'm like, for uh, yeah. Doom. Doom would be sweet. Doom looks really good. And then uh, there was one other game. I can't All the Fallen Order. Jedi yeah. Fallen Order Fallen stuff. Fallen Order looks that looks. Awesome. It looks like Uncharted Star Wars. Yeah, yeah I'm in. It looks I'm so fucking in. Awesome. Because I need a new game, man. I like. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm running like, through all this shit. And I'm already um, done. Did you beat Spider Man? Yeah. You still haven't beaten Red Dead though. Why don't you go back and play Red Dead too? Because I'm halfway through. I'm gonna get pissed off, and I might, I might just start from me. I am so stuck on Days Gone. Like it, I am in a spot that I don't know if I will ever beat it. Like really? I'd have to play this one mission twenty times in a row to get halfway to beating it and like, I still wouldn't beat it. Dude, that's so bad. It's it's like you have to like so in the game there's hordes. Like there's yeah. individual zombies and you can get as many as like 10 to 15 that they hear you and they go, but then there's hordes that you have to avoid. And there could be as many uh, there could be as few as 50 in them and as many as like a thousand, right? Oh, and you just tested out this new weapon and it's like a napalm form and you have to see how good it works by clearing out this horde entirely. And this one probably has about 700 in it. And you have the napalm, you have some bombs, but the problem is your stamina depletes, you can't leave the mission zone, and your partner that gave you all the napalm that's hidden away can't get killed, so you can't go back to him if you need more gear. And you'll run out of ammo. It is fucking brutal. Like, I, I played it probably 20 times and couldn't come close. Just it, couldn't it, come close. It's one of those things where you get stuck on a mission. You just, you just <coughs> never you play leave, it again. Bro, you leave it alone for a while, and you're like, eh, let me try this again. And you beat it first time after, like, weeks. Yeah, I, did, I left, I left it alone times. for, like, a week, and I was like, all right, let me try this again. And I was somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just, uh, I, I definitely need a new game. I don't even know what's coming out next that, like, I'm interested in. Uh, nothing for me I can even think of. As far like, even on an FPS level, I could really care less. Yeah, there's we're nothing into uh, we're heading into this that slowdown that end of console generation true slowdown. true yeah I mean, we are um, Jedi just... Fallen Order is probably the next one yeah. I guess I mean if Borderland I'm if I'm that bored and everyone's playing Call of Duty I'd consider getting it if, if I'm that bored well we still haven't played World War Z I know. in a while right. well someone you initiate the text nah, please just send a group chat yeah. and just say you could you, if you want to send a group chat too that's fine I'll, I'll just send a group <laughs> well, chat because they just put they just put out a new map they did? new weapons and yeah. new zombies as well yeah. um, because it's wildly successful which is really cool I know Borderlands was free on PlayStation like the first two this month I never played any of them 
Borderlands is fun. It's a it's a nice it's a nice RPG. Yeah, I I'm trying to think. I mean, the big I guess what was the biggest game announced at um, E3 this year? Was it Final Fantasy VII? Might no, that remake? wasn't really announced. That it was, was just revealed. revealed. No, no, it was revealed a couple of years ago. Well, this is the they, first time they, they showed footage. I thought this is the first time they showed gameplay. Yeah, so I guess that was a big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a very big deal. Uh, new Wolfenstein game. Oh, I'm dude, down for that the last place. Wolfenstein was so much fun. Had the best guns I've ever used in a first-person so shooter, good. and then like Hitler is senile and pissing everywhere. Oh, this game <laughs> shit was fun. The, uh, for the PlayStation, this game Death Standing looks pretty. Interesting. Oh, Death Stranding! I need that with Death uh, Stranding. Yeah, with, yeah, with uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead. That's yeah. made from. It was supposed to be Silent Hills. And then there's that, actually I lied. There's actually one because uh, I really what what game was they put Keanu Reeves in that? Looks oh, great. Cyberpunk 20, I, I, I 2077 or I something. Want it, dude. I want yeah, it so that bad. looks pretty cool. Um. There was one. Oh, it's on Xbox, and I don't even like this movie, but the game looks fucking scary. What? The Blair Witch game on the Xbox. Oh god! Put on some of the gameplay footage from Blair Witch, please. This just play looks. Outlast. Why this looks. Play that? It, it's very similar to that, but instead of being in like a, a mental asylum, mm-hmm. it's in the woods. Yo, I saw this. I was like, dude, Slenderman, dude, this would make me consider getting an Xbox again just to play this. Dude. And I realized I would only be able to play it during the day. Oh. Um. Yeah. There you go. Reveal trailer. Reveal trailer. Yeah. This is the Blair you know, Witch I, video oh, this game. This is in um. This this is an Xbox. This is cro- uh, cross. Oh, it's cross platform. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's one of those things so, where yo, look where, at this. Yo, you need to watch this. You know what's crazy though? Like this is the first year in like a couple years. I really didn't pay attention to E3 all that much. I didn't pay attention much either. Usually, Just like things people posted and usually when, I'm in, but I, I think maybe because I only ever watched Bethesda's uh, Bethesda because I'm just sitting here waiting yeah. for Elder Scrolls the next one. Well, they're not going to show that probably for a couple of years. That'll yeah. be, you know, the PS5 and whatever they're going to call it. More than likely the, next uh, console, that makes yeah. sense. It'll probably be a launch title, to be honest with Dude, you. Dude, they went back all the way to, like, when Blair Witch came out, September 1996. That's they crazy. said it's canon, so I'm guessing they're taking some of the old myths they made up about the Blair Witch yeah, for right. marketing the movie, which is very smart. I mean, as much as I don't, I don't like the Blair Witch, I think it's wildly overrated. It is one of the most influential horror films ever. That, like, and and I mean, the fact that it, it got made on a $60,000 budget and made an absurd amount of money, I, I have to respect that. I mean, it started the whole found oh. footage genre. But like this kind of stuff, when it's limited lighting, when it's claustrophobic, <sighs> like you're in the woods, no one else is around you, you just have your dog, you know your dog's probably going to die. Yeah, I'm more freaked out for the dog than anything else, dude. Fuck dude, that. this game you know looks this, like it'll be fucking scary as shit. This looks like Resident Evil, like when I played Resident Evil 7 Biohazard the first it even time, that looks that like Resident like, Evil 4 how that was like in the woods and shit Oh my um, God. But yeah, I mean, like it—it it, it could definitely be cool. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, it couldn't be the cool. concept. Oh, that's just like the movie with the guy standing in the corner. Yeah. Wow, that's just like the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, This—it's—it's it's a good idea. The get using the camera aspect to see things reminds me of a really, really good scary game that was on the PS2 called Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame, which was a really creepy one. Uh, this will probably be a really big game, and I bet you it's not going to be like a sixty-dollar game either. No. Probably good. like Outlast was only like twenty bucks when it came yeah. out. Yeah, well, they did the same thing when they made the, the Friday the Thirteenth movie. Movie, which was actually uh, the, mean, the, game, me, the game. The game was a lot of fun, dude. Was it was fun. like playing um, a game that I thought was very underrated that I had a blast with. Evolve. Evolve was fun, dude. Evolve. I had so much fun. Evolve with. was a good time. I also, especially I, when you were the monster. I need to best. play that Dead by Daylight because everyone tells me that's a fucking blast. Dead by Daylight looks great, and also Seven Days to Die looks awesome too. That looks really cool. But yeah. that Death Stranding, I'm excited Death for because that's like that's going to be you know the creator well, of uh, Silent Hill, dude. Yeah, like, come well, on. A lot of these, a lot of these guys, like I remember they were uh, they they talked about a game. I think it was last year where it was like you have to play two player. Like you ha- like you and I would have to be sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah, and playing yeah. Together in order to even play the game, and that just didn't make any sense to me. I forget what it was even called. Like you had to escape prison or some shit. Yeah, like, I, like like daybreak or some shit. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. All right, next question: Who wins in a fight, Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise? Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Not even a question, dude. I, that oh, fact that that went so viral. 
it's all because he tagged Dana White. That's the only reason why. Yeah, but then Conor McGregor was like, I'll host the fight. And then he challenged, Conor channeled, 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 challenged Mark Wahlberg to a fight. Kick his ass. <laughs> Dude, it wouldn't even be a fight. Nah, it would be fucking stupid. It's just all, it's all these celebrities trying to get in on that. Like the, I remember like when The Undertaker did it to Brock Lesnar after a while. Well, that was loss. to get him to come back to WWE. That was great. Which, that was great. You, you want to do it? You want to do it? And yeah, Ariel Hawani's like, oh. Yeah, Hawani had no idea what he was doing. Oh my God. That was awesome, man. I love shit like that. But man, I, uh, listen, since I, I, I have to, I have, that was great. <laughs> We need a fart, Mike. Um, <laughs> True. So I, I I understand what I'm about to say is really dumb, but okay, like, I believe that. Fuck Max Kellerman. Like he <laughs> said, to the two of the stupidest fucking things the other day. What like, did he I, say now? So he said that Kawhi Leonard is already better than Kobe Bryant. Oh my god. Which listen, okay, Kawhi's so, the best two way player in the league, without question. I agree, and I believe Kawhi Leonard's also cemented himself as a top two player in this league. He's top three at minimum. Minimum, because yeah. like, it's. He's, I mean, Durant is hurt. I. I mean, the conversation still has to start now with LeBron. I don't care what happened this I past agree. year. Giannis. Uh, Giannis would be third. Yeah. I think Kawhi is too, just because... Also Both ways. Yeah. And he can has more of an outside game Not, as well. He's just... He, Clutch, he's got that killer instinct, that Kawhi, X factor that Ka- LeBron doesn't have. Kawhi reminds me, his his mentality and his focus and his and humility, he reminds me very much of Fedor Emelianenko. Well, he, nothing he does... He doesn't... He isn't phased. He has... But that's why he would get Kobe comparisons too, because yeah. it's a very, like, Kobe mindset. So what do you think happens with Kawhi this offseason? Uh, Kawhi's gonna go to LA. Which one? <laughs> which LA? The Clippers. Clippers, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I the thing is, I don't trust. That's what all the media is pushing. But they were saying he's been saying he's wanting to go to Clippers the entire time. Well, he never outright said that. Adrian Wojnarowski, all these different people have said that he's not like a normal. He's but he's not. But he also said LeBron last year had no interest in going to the Lakers. Kawhi didn't want out of the Spurs. My friend, who's a big Lakers fan, is saying that don't sleep on it. That he could come to the Lakers because they still have a max spot available even after getting AD. They do have one more. Um, They gave up everyone. Yeah, exactly. Which I still think was a great trade for him because he's perfect for. LeBron, yeah. AD, um, but I, I, the things that age, and I think Woj is the best at breaking news, but yeah. he may not be the best at deciphering things as it happened. Because yeah. let me see if I can just find some of these so, that my friend sent me so, as you're speaking. So anyway, so I, I think Kawhi showing up to Toronto, bringing him a championship, and leaving, I think that's one of the most badass things ever. Yeah, well, he, fuck he, Canada. He didn't, he didn't want to go to Toronto, and he and he carried and he that played his, his ass back. off. By the way, that uh, that kid uh, Siakam. The uh, Parcel Siakam, yeah. Animal, and Van Vliet just hitting three points. Oh, here it is. This is awesome. from uh, Woj last year. Uh, with LeBron joining the Lakers, he's been told Kawhi Leonard is less motivated to go to the Clippers. Kawhi prefers to join the Lakers. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from Adrian Wojnarowski, July 1st, 2018. As trade talks have unfolded, Kawhi Leonard's focus is unchanged. He wants to be a Laker. Okay. So the narrative has changed so many times, and that's why with Kawhi, I don't think we know anything because nice. he's a, not a normal dude. He isn't like he got up from the presser after the finals and forgot his MVP trophy. Yeah, he did. Like that's but how brutal for the NBA to have both Durant and Clay Thompson. Fucking, they're gonna miss next season. Yep, pretty much. Like it, it's insane. I'm very upset that the Nets are signing Kyrie Irving. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I thought I was gonna. This was gonna be a hot take of mine. Not really. But here, listen. All right. Yeah. I get let's just wrap it. up. Let's it. just do last word because yeah. I don't have anything else anyway. I, I really, well, I mean that. But let me finish my Max. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Thing. Before, so was yeah. that Kawhi and Kobe? Then he. Also, What's his other thing then, he said? Then just like in passing, he goes, you know, only reason why Larry Fitzgerald make the Hall of Fame because of the longevity of his career. Oh my God! I know. I heard That's, him say. I heard him bashing Larry Fitzgerald, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's it's like it, where does he rank all time in receptions now? I think two. Two. Like but like, and I, I guess I, I guess okay. This will just be my hot take. I just don't. I don't. 
I understand people making hot takes for the sake of hot takes and clicks, and I get that. That's part of his job. Mm-hmm. But when you say stuff like at at the end at the, at the at the end of a game, who do you want taking that third. last point? He's shot? third all time to Tony Gonzalez, and he's gonna. It's like and he, and he we'll passed that this year, dude. And he and he goes he goes. Who do you want taking the shot at the very end of the game? Click he yards goes, now. Go to receiving yards. You can do it on that drop down and right he, above. And he, and he says Andre Iguodala with like it's just silly stuff. I like like dude, Iguodala is awesome, dude. He's a great he's a great Larry Fitzgerald second all time in receiving yards he'll never get that but. dude it's just I, I don't I don't understand like where that comes from I understand like we say stupid shit well, but we understand what we're saying is stupid we our society now is a fast food entertainment world where it's rather than quality it's how quickly we can get information and process information and say things so it's goofy it's it's all about the clicks the headlines the outlandish things to get chatter and like, it kind of goes about what Jack uh, Posobiec was saying is that the media narrative is about like just creating dialogue that media warfare just to get people to talk about something and what's crazy with Kellerman is I agree he's a fucking bum now but years ago he was one of the best boxing analysts he was one of the only, when UFC first started booming when Chuck Liddell was champion I remember Sean Shirk was lightweight champion of the UFC and he was ringside for De La Hoya versus Mayweather and he him and Dana White were there and Lorenzo Fertitta to call out Mayweather to a crossover fight mm-hmm. in the UFC and um, Jim Lampley and Larry Merchant were ripping on MMA and Max Kellerman went to bat for. He's like, these guys are great athletes. They're great fighters. They just do a different sport. So it's not fair to say that it's second rate or whatever. And then he was like, oh, I'm taking Skip Bayless's job. I need to do what Skip Bayless did. Like and Skip Bayless better. is brilliant at it. Yeah. Skip Bayless, I, I, he's a fucking idiot, but he knows he is. Yeah. He's been, I mean, the guy has been doing this for 30 years back when there was no social media. He was doing it in books and shit. Uh, he, when he was writing articles about SMU and the death. Yeah, movie, yeah. Like, the, the old Cowboys teams and shit. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So you're, you're hot take is Max, uh, you Max, just don't Max understand this Max Kellerman's stupid and I can't understand this I still like this. him more than Stephen A yeah that's not saying that's much not saying much at all Josh what was your Stephen take about terrible. Kyrie oh that wasn't going to be my, my last sure. word but uh, I just think it's stupid I prefer uh, D'Angelo D'Angelo he's it's, younger he's 23 you know. Kyrie's yeah. 30 with injury problems and leadership questions yeah. he's not an alpha player I'm not saying Kyrie like Kyrie will come to the team and he'll play well and the team will play well but it, the question is now, they still have another max spot available, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they going to re-sign D'Angelo Russell and run a two-guard system? I don't no. like that because not, not, both not guys both either. guys, both guys, guys need the ball in their hand to be successful. Yeah. And, and D'Angelo I, Russell blo- blossomed in such a good player. Yeah, he finally year. became, because like, mm-hmm. he was great Ohio State. He had issues in Los Angeles. Obviously, he some of them self-inflicted with his decisions on social media and whatnot. And he ostracized his team, but he grew up this year. He was great. Only 23. Guy you can have signed to six, seven years and have him through the prime of his career mm-hmm. the guy you haven't had since jason kidd yep. and i mean Kyrie's obviously a really good player i'm not he, saying he's not but yeah. it's just like uh, he, i don't he, know he would be the he would be the biggest basketball player in new york he would dwarf the knicks yeah oh i mean the knicks aren't gonna sign anyone now they're, not gonna they're gonna anyone. they're gonna overpay for kemba walker jimmy butler and they're both good players kemba but walker's a great player. i think kemba's gonna go to the lakers actually it's just it's so crazy with this with this NBA free agency shit. You have no idea what anyone's doing anymore. NBA kind of sucks. Yeah. Like I like it when my team is good. Like I pay way more attention. These finals were extremely compelling. Yeah. Um, they they were very compelling because the Warriors somehow became the underdogs, which is really interesting. It never really happens like that. Yeah, for sure. But it's like those times. Like, are the Patriots underdogs? No. no At this point in their career, in their franchise, in their dynasty, you can never call the Patriots underdogs. Um. I, I have to think of a hot take. Well, I'll, I'll do my actual one. Sure. I think of yours. Sure. So we talked about E3 being last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I didn't really follow it per se. I watched the Bethesda conference. I got a lot of my takeaways of it mm-hmm. through Twitter. Uh, and I tweeted something out about being a console fanboy. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my question <laughs> is, so I read a lot of comments from some Xbox fanboys that I know, read a lot of comments from some PlayStation fanboys I know, but not as many comments from the PlayStation fanboys. So here's my question. When okay. you are going to say a console is better or a console does something better than somebody else does or the company is mm-hmm. positioning itself in a better way, Sure. one of the things I read is that somebody that I know posted that Sony really shot themselves in the foot by not coming to E3 this year, but what is the basis of that? What makes you say that? Yeah. Because here's what I have to uh-huh, say. I can tell you. Sony does not have to go to E3. They don't. So I'm going to drop Sony. Some, I'm going to drop some mathematics on you real quick. Oh, great. I'm terrible at math. So since the math. since the PS2 and the cock? first Xbox generation. Yeah, right. Taylor, do you know how many total Xboxes, Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox Ones have been sold in that time period? Combined all three systems. Combined all three systems. It's got to be over what? 50 million 149 million that's that's in that same exact time frame i could well i'm I'm gonna let you say what you're gonna say because the time frame is a a little skewed because the playstation one one year year. the playstation PlayStation one is not included in this This okay you know playstation 2 to xbox uh, the original xbox was a year Yeah, yeah yeah fair in that same time frame since that generation X, uh, PlayStation has sold 339.2 yeah, million consoles. Yo, For every house that there is an Xbox in... It's the best-selling console of all time. The there are two day. Playstations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what the fuck? Like, listen. PlayStation, Sony doesn't have to do anything to prove themselves at this point. When, when They're established. Disney. When you have brand recognition and trust like that, you don't got to do shit. It's also mm-hmm. the Disney, Does it help? It's going to be yeah. a Disney PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. It's, you don't have to do shit. And again, you're, this isn't a knock on any other console. It's just Sony knows that we don't need to spend money to make money at this no, point. They don't. No. So it's absolutely true. And again, I think with the console thing, anyone saying one is better than the other is a fucking mo at this point. I, I think we, we've we've the three of us specifically have beaten this subject into yeah, the ground but so you, much. We also, like, but we all agree that you can't say that one console is necessarily superior. One has better exclusives that appeal to you more. One, the Xbox is a better media console, one hundred percent. When the three hundred and sixty was first booming outside of the Red Wing Ring, if you were on an online into online play, the online play on three hundred and sixty was better because it was a pay for service. Once PlayStation got on pay for, they were on the same level. It was yeah. great. It, it's yeah. it's pretty comparable. The three hundred and sixty was beating PS three early on, and then PS three caught up because PS3 costs more. Yeah. So all these things are tangibles. But don't ever tell me that one system sucks because to get uh, it's the graphics are better. Can you no, really tell? No, no, okay, not. first of all, if we're doing graphics, get a fucking gaming computer yeah. if you're computer. that into it. Yeah. yeah, like if you're really that into the graphics superiority, build a computer, hook up a PlayStation controller, stop being a dildo, mm-hmm. for the love of God. I agree. You know, I have both consoles. I like both consoles. I use them for specific things. When the next two come out, I'll get both again. It just is what it is. I don't think one is better than the other. So yeah. to say this console is better than the other, that makes you a douchebag. I I, I, I agree I'm, entirely. I, I think I'm going to pick one and just stick with it now because like I have. And you both. wait till the other one drops in price like crazy, and well, then you could get it. That's what I did with the PS4. Yeah, I got one. You know Dude, my mean? PS4 is still the one that came out the day they came out, and I waited in line. Yeah. I have the original PlayStation well, that would 4. Work that best Buy. Yeah, I didn't work there at that point. I was no, just in line saying, waiting right. as an employee. You were working though. Yeah, I know. And uh, I think it was you that convinced me to get a Best Buy credit card so I could buy all the extra shit too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I went home because, and just paid it off. Well, because right before it was like, all right, it's like just don't open the. 
boxes. I immediately cut the box open yeah. and put a handprint all over all over yours. Fun story. I still don't have a hot take right now. Really? Uh, Edwin Diaz sucks. There you go. Okay. He's been a massive disappointment. Sure. I, I, early on, um, he, I was willing to come up with reasoning for his struggles and say it's still going. It's you know he's had a couple bad outings. Now it's been consistently some bad outings. Uh, his slider is not there, which makes you worry about the bone spurs in his elbow. Uh, if the Mets are out of it by end of July by the trade deadline Edwin Diaz shut will get down. will get shut down for the year surgery uh, for bone spurs on his elbow um it, the fact that his his slider does not have the depth it once did tells me that there is something wrong with the elbow right. um I, I'm not willing to write he's still so young and closers are so volatile unless you're Mariano Rivera yeah, right. um so I, I really don't see it becoming an issue um but you know they you're gonna see the Mets top pitching prospect in the next month or so hopefully maybe the next week Anthony Kay uh, who went from being an unranked pitching prospect and going up to like 80 overall mm. so that'll be exciting well especially with uh, Vargas being hurt today yes so. and Syndergaard yesterday mm. uh, on the 10 day IL now awesome. alright guys that was episode 57 of You Watch I Listen uh, we are recording on Saturday next week yes. because we are going to Silverstein August Burns Red after yes, very excited for that um, I need to check and out Silent the Silent Planet don't forget about I that I don't know them I'm going to check They're them out this week awesome. though for that I got to check out what the set list is going to be so I can fresh, freshen up. I don't know August Burns Red like you. I'm so, going for Silverstein, uh, obviously. All you got to do is just listen to Constellations. It's the 10th anniversary. Oh, okay. And you didn't you get that's the album you gave me. No, right? Which I, one? Did, I gave you uh, Messengers. Constellations is a little later in, in the uh, discography, but it's is Constellations record. one of the ones that Fudge made me listen to? Uh, no, that was uh, Thrill Seeker. That was their first. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So well, I like later. both of them, so I'll yeah, check no, out Constellations. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. later.